engine. It's a car engine, isn't it? It's, it's you, you accelerate. If you're gonna, if you're gonna just keep revving the engine of a car, it's constant. Uh, it's gonna break down. You're right. so good with the analogies, I aren't love you? Analogies. You yeah, do. You're do. really good. This is about other children and about them. If someone gets angry, that's absolutely okay to get angry. Yeah. What's not okay is to hit someone, punch mm. someone, throw things. That's not okay. That's you not dealing with your anger. You can have anger. It's absolutely okay to have anger. <laughs> when I got when I got home yesterday, I said to Nietzsche, I was like. I did that for 15 years of my oh, life. Oh, I can't. I just Twice can't. This is like a therapy session. Thanks, Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, if it was me, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll wake up in the morning and, yeah, because I was that 100%, I don't eat. I, I literally went years without touching sugar, you know, crisps, junk food, fast food, fizzy drinks. I mean, I literally, you talk to some of my friends, they were like, yeah, Sanjay at that time was boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it in mine when I watch it. What's it got in here? I'm eating it. <laughs> it tastes like it's oats. Oh yeah, it really does. It's oats, isn't it? You got oats in it. Yeah, it's got oats in it. <laughs> this is a company I did. Uh, I did a, an event for. Mm. I did a film video. Very good. Um, I love a bit of natural stuff. Yes. I'm all about the coconut oil. Coconut. Literally everything. You mean on everything. Bo- the body? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like coconut oil. Do you know what? I use coconut oil, my deodorant. Well, I've got such sensitive skin. Yeah. That if I use deodorants, normal stuff, they actually end up clogging up my pores and then making bad things happen to my armpits. Yeah, maybe that's what I've... I've similar... I get like stinky of BO, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This is what happens to me. But is that the... That's deodorant. I that's thought it was a, a deodorant as well. It's it is. It absolutely up. is. So do you know what? Since I stopped, and it was like when I got stressed as well, it would mm. be worse, right? So now what I do, I wash... My ex-husband calls me vinegar pits. It's ridiculous. I wash my armpits with vinegar, no soap. And then I use coconut oil and then a tiny little dusting of bicarbonate of soda. How bad is that? What a weirdo. Don't tell anyone. Don't put that out there. It's just me and you. It's just me and you, Lisa. (laughs) Just me and you and the thousands of people that listen to your podcast. No, but genuinely, that's... I wish wish it was a thousand. That's what happens now. So that is my routine, my regime. And I use coconut oil as moisturiser. Before I get out of the shower, I put it on my wet body. That's it. All natural. Love it. And now I've got whatever this oat shit is. <laughs> Should I try not to swear on the podcast? Uh, you can you can say what you want. That's why I like doing a podcast because I can say what I want. And can you actually know? Why not? Anything. Yeah, I can just put a, there's a little switch when you upload it saying if it contains explicit words and you just flick that switch and it gets like a little parental guidance, you know, like oh, an NWA I see. album. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the police. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so it doesn't matter. And um, I don't have any bosses. See? Yeah, this that's is the good, right? Yeah, no one saying I, I struggled with this for a long time. I don't know whether you did. But when, like, I decided I wanted to be kind of, you know, in the coaching, and obviously I'm going to do podcasts of my own and put stuff out on Instagram. And the way that I come across, I did struggle with this for a while. Should I swear? Should I not swear? Because ultimately I do swear quite a bit. But... So I want to be myself and I want to just be like, yeah, fuck it, this is me. However, I don't feel proud about the fact that I swear. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do feel like I don't want to be that person that's really sweary. Why do you swear? I don't know, because it just comes out. I have to really think about not swearing, right? Okay. So if I if I set my intention for the day, yeah. today I'm not going to swear, and then it's in my mind, right. then I can go without swearing. But if I don't do that, then it might just pop out. And plus, if I'm like annoyed or whatever, right. sometimes I do it for comedy value because it does make me laugh. But <laughs> no, there must be other words. Like, I love it when the kids say, ah, oh, biscuits, you know, from Bluey. Yeah, do you yeah, watch Bluey? Yeah, yeah I, love I love that. Love I love Bluey. Bluey. One of my favourite shows. Oh, mine too. Yeah. That when they say, ah, oh, biscuits, I'm like, that's funny. I should yeah. say biscuits rather than fuck. <laughs>
I'll try. But right. So what? The reason I asked why do you swear mm. is because a lot of the time, I mean, I I know I use it as punctuation or as part of like like grammar. What, I swearing? Yeah, because it's part of your. Not punctuation is the wrong word. Sorry, I use it as part of my vocab. It's kind of like mm. a descriptive. It kind of emphasizes points. Yeah. And whether that's right or wrong, uh, I, I, that's just come from upbringing. Right. That's just come from school. From yeah, you know, your, your your surroundings. Yeah. Uh, how you grew up. But I remember when I first met Anisha, and I would you know I would swear a lot. And she's not a swearer, is she? She's not a swearer. She's a very calm, chill, beautiful, a... laid back energy about her. There's no need for swearing. If only you knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, but you're generally right. You're generally right. But when I and when I used to swear, she'd be like, "Why are you swearing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not annoyed. I'm just, yeah. It's just how I talk, right? Yeah. And I feel like you're very similar in that way. You just, it's just how you is talk. This is how I express myself. Yeah, you're not being. I don't think you're doing it. I'm certainly not doing it to be rude or offensive. No, no, no. God, absolutely not. Yeah, it's just the way no. that we speak. But do you swear less now because she kind of pointed it out and then it made you reflect and think, well, actually, or not? Yeah, no, I do. Uh, and yeah. also Liliana. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I really, really try hard. Yeah, it's um, bad because I do swear at my kids yeah. and in front of my kids. Sometimes yeah. I call them fucking dicks. That's really bad. <laughs> okay. But ultimately, <laughs> don't judge me, Sanjay. I'm not judging you. <laughs> don't tell Anisha. The last one to Sometimes judge they really are dicks and there's no other way I that I can say other than stop being a fucking dick, please. I get it. That's bad. It's really bad. I get it. I should, that's why I want to stop swearing. Because they don't swear. That's the thing. They don't swear. You'd think that having a parent that swears around them would make them sweary children, but they're not. Yeah. And actually what they do, especially Georgia, who's five, she'll say, Mum, please, can you not swear? It's yeah, not yeah, necessary. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fucking sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> I don't say that. But that's the point. That's why I genuinely, I don't want to swear because I don't, when I listen to myself, I think it's not big and it's not clever, is it? No, it's Maybe not. when you are a little bit annoyed, sometimes there's no other words that will do, but... Okay, no more swearing. But it's, you, you mentioned the whole swearing and going out on, on the public eye and, and, you know, putting yourself out there. But it's, you know, should I swear? Should I not swear? And it's like, well, how genuine, you know, if that's your genuine self, mm. if the real Lisa is someone who just naturally, you know, without trying to be rude to anyone, yeah. it, it just, it comes out. then I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't see a problem with it. I think oh, I, I think the more genuine people are, the better the world will be. Whether that's bringing out the good or the bad agree. in people, I, I think there's good in everyone. So there's 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 that there's that conversation to be had. But um, and you're gonna you know yes you're gonna attract certain people and you're gonna detract certain people and I guess you just have to be okay with that. And I did have this very same thing very recently where I kind of did feel like I needed to filter myself a bit to. Um, to go out to the masses kind of thing. However, it kind of made me look and think, no, 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 because that's not what I'm here for. If I have to filter myself, then I'm not going to enjoy what I'm doing and therefore people aren't going to come towards me, right? Because it, will, it won't be genuine, exactly that. So Absolutely. I feel like I need to be my 100% authentic, genuine self on a good day. But, but that's it, isn't it? <laughs> it, it that, that, but that's hard. It's really hard. That's hard because I know... And I know as someone who's been a people pleaser most of his life. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> in that I've always done things to to impress other people or to get the, the 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 approval of other people. And often that can be, oh, I shouldn't swear. Like, for example, going online, I shouldn't swear because I won't get likes or follows. People won't like me. Yeah. And I think something I've discovered in the last, we were just kind of talking about this previously, in the last five years is that I've, since Lily was born, I've done a lot of inward self development mm. and I've been looking inwards and part of that process for me has been to shed 
to try to shed this. And I love um, Rangan Chatterjee talks about this a lot about being a, a people pleaser in, in recovery. And, and that's exactly how I feel. It's like I'm a people pleaser in recovery, in recovery because I feel like you're always going to yeah, have I that. Yeah, I guess that. I get that. I totally get that. Because if you are that natural person, yeah, on empath, if you, yeah, mm. I'm obsessed with these personality types. But yeah, if you are that person, then it's always going to be work, right? That's what I say. I was just having a conversation with my friend not long before I got here. And I said to her, look, I am in the best place that I've ever been. Because same as you, is when you have kids, it makes you inwardly look at absolutely everything. And you do do a lot of work on yourself. And oh my God, for eight years now, I've done so much work. I'm in the best place that I've ever, ever been. Mm. However, I'll always be someone that will struggle with depression. It's just the difference now is that I recognise, and she's the same, recognise when it's coming up. And now it might take me a minute, an hour, two days, it's very quick turnaround because you recognise it and then you know how to get yourself out of it. But it will never go away. You'll never be able to just relax in the state that, yeah, I'm a happy-go-lucky person every single minute of the day. It takes effort every single day when I get out of bed. I have a choice and I make those choices and I do the work and it will always be the same. And I don't mind it because it's good work, right? But it will always be the same, same as people-pleasing. You're always going to be that way, right? I agree. And I think this, you, what you said there is so beautiful because a lot of people, when they go on this journey to, to, to improve their mental health, they feel like there's an end point. It's like a destination. It's like, oh, I'm going to get to this destination one day where I'm not going to have depression. I'm not going to have any mental health problems. I'm not going to have anxiety and I'll be cured. And, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, neither of us are experts at this. So no, of course. We know, right? We're but experts on our own mental exp- health. So I can talk about and, that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, you're right. I think once you, what happens is the more work you do in yourself, you start to become more aware. And I think that awareness is key and you recognize it. You know, yesterday, I talked about yesterday when I took Liliana to, to London and, you know, it was trying because it was school holidays. It was a hot day. We had to get on the train. We had to get on the tube. We walked like 20,000 steps. So she walked like 45,000 steps on the oh, little yeah. legs, right? She's double. Every, I forget about that. Every actually. step I take, she's taking like two, right? <laughs> so literally she's done double the amount of steps as me. So it's like literally 30,000 steps. And there were moments yesterday where I could feel that 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 side of me coming out. It's like just losing control or getting annoyed or someone barging you on the tube or, you know, all these little things. And But I was aware of it. And yesterday, just as you said, I made a choice. I woke up in the morning and I said, today, I'm going to have an amazing day with my daughter. I'm going to go out for lunch to London. I'm going to really enjoy it. And I'm not going to care what happens or what goes on. Mm. And all in all, I did, you know, I got back and even she reflected and she had a good day. And and so I think just reckon you're so right. I think acceptance, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. when we talk about addiction or anything, it's like accepting, okay, there's a problem. I accept that there's something's not right. Okay. It's all good. Not, mm-hmm. Don't judge yourself about it. This is where the self-compassion piece comes in. What can I do? in the future when this happens again. And that takes time, doesn't it? Absolutely. And what you said was exactly the most perfect thing. And I'm talking about this um, with the with my people at the moment is intentions. And it's like getting up in the morning, you set that intention that whatever happens today, I'm going to have a good day with my daughter. And what you'll find is that actually when things come up, like getting barged on the train or the busyness or stuff that might have triggered you before, because I said this to you before, you know, before we started recording, I don't, I haven't taken my kids into London. I did. I drove to Camden the other day, but getting on the train, all of that stuff, the old anxious version of myself, that would have been too much. The Mm. people, the busyness, the kids, the everything. But now I would do it. And exactly like you, because when you set your intention to whatever happens, because things are going to happen, there's going to be busy people. There's going to be all sorts of stuff going on. But if you're aware 
that you're going to make a choice that whatever happens, you're just going to take it as it is and, you know, get through it, then you're going to have that good day. And once you set your intention in the morning, if something comes up, it's like you remember that intention. So it clicks. Do you find that? Yeah. It like clicks in at that point. Yeah, because you're reminded, you you, you get reminded because, mm. because you're more aware. And this is where awareness kind of comes into it because you are more aware of yourself in every single way, right? It's not just about you know, awareness of, of our thoughts, it's awareness of everything, right? Mm. Body awareness, all of these things. You do, you do, you do recognize that those, those feelings and emotions coming up. And I mm -hmm. think that's really, really important part of it. Mm. Um, so. And then we've got the tools to do something at that point, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think, so intentions. Yeah. I think the, this is something I do want to speak about because, you know, our brain is attracted to what we were thinking about, right? No matter what you're, no matter what's in your head, that's what your reality turns out to be. Mm. So I, I, the only, the, the really good example I can think of is when I was younger and I used to be really into cars. I know Ernie's really into cars and I've had this conversation with him. And I remember when I was looking for cars back in the day, it was, you know, Auto Trader and, you know, magazines, mm. there's no online, but I'd be looking at cars. I used to do the same, genuinely. I was obsessed. Yeah. And I'd be looking at, and I'd be, I knew which car I wanted with the Golf GTI Mark II. I was like looking at Golf GTI Mark II, it's an oak green, right? 16 <laughs> valve. I know exactly the one. And what would happen? I'd be looking at ma these magazines like, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere I go, I go out and I'm like, hold on a minute, I'm seeing Gol Volkswagen Mark II Golf GTIs, yeah, oak green everywhere. Has everyone suddenly got the car that I want to buy? No. It's like when you want to have a baby and you, or you're pregnant or you want to be pregnant and then all you see is pregnant people. Is that a brain thing, Sanjay? It's your mind. It's you manifesting what you want to see in reality. So by you rem telling yourself mm. or saying, I want to buy this car or I want to buy this handbag or I want to have a baby... When you go out there, your brain is attracted to that. So, so is that what it is then? You, you're noticing more. It's not that those things are being like you're attracting them vibrationally. They're not coming to you more. It's just that you're aware of them. So you're noticing Ooh, them more. Yeah, exactly. Really... Woo woo. Why woo woo works. I want to talk about this stuff because genuinely I think that there's a there's a fine line between science and the woo woo, right? But I actually think that they're linked. And this is another thing that I've been thinking about a lot as a mindset coach. I will talk about depression. I will talk about the way that my mindset changed and, you know, I've absolutely turned my life around and how mindfulness and all of this sort of stuff. Mm. But ultimately, there's still a gap for me. If you don't start talking about energy and vibration and the law of attraction and manifesting and all of that, I always think there's something missing. And again, it's that fear thing. If I start talking about all of this woo-woo stuff. Am I going to put people off? Are they going to be like, that's rubbish? However, I just genuinely think that I can't because until you get that and until you're in that, that's when everything changes for me, I feel like. Well, first of all, take that book and, and yeah, go, why woo -woo and, and go, go so, and read it. Yeah, David Hamilton, amazing, amazing. It? Uh, Does on... it talk about the, the science and the vibration and everything like that? Absolutely. He's a, PhD, he's a PhD doctor. Okay. So. But is he into that sort of yeah, stuff, the woo-woo? Uh, yeah, all right, he's good, all, I'm about the the book. all about the woo-woo. Are you all about the woo-woo? I, I'm more about the woo woo nowadays. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more <laughs> about the woo woo, um, and I like the word woo woo because yeah, yeah. I think it describes it really Everyone, well. Everyone, yeah. Because it's not. I don't like to call it religion, or I like to call it spirituality now and again. Yes. Uh, that's definitely something. Uh, I don't like to call it religion. I like to call it God. But there's definitely something. So I'm into this energy force and something okay. else. You know, more powerful than myself. But going back to your question about is it is it the world kind of is it the power of attraction or is it your mind focusing Making on recognizing it? That's a really good point. I don't know. See, I've always thought of it from the perspective of even 
the law of attractiveness. The law of attractiveness. The law of attractiveness. Attractiveness. <laughs> law of attraction. That's law of attraction. Uh, the law of attraction, and all of those things. I feel like I've always seen them as. If you're thinking about it, that's what's going to happen. Mm. Right? Is it but really, why though? Because that's what you're putting. That's the thoughts you're putting into your head. Mm. That's all you're. You're just telling. What's what's. I mean, this, this is how I look at affirmations, right? I, I do affirmations. I know you do affirmations. Mm. And I'll write, you know, I am happy. I am calm. I'm an athlete. All these things that I write down. I yeah, love it's one of one. mine. Yeah, it's one of mine. It helps me to stay on track. I used to have this thing, and this is how I get out a lot of my anxious thoughts. I had this thing where I'd repeat a mantra. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm capable. I'm determined. That was it. If I found myself stressing right. out, I'd just repeat those four things, right. like affirmations. And yesterday in London, we were looking for lunch. I was hot. I was we were bothered. Lily was, you know, hot. She was bothered. It was mad. It was packed. It was, the town was mm. packed, right? And we were trying to find lunch. We went to a few places and I was really trying hard to find something healthy because I'm an athlete. <laughs> um, and I was I was so tempted. Again, this is where the awareness came. I was like, oh, do you know what? Sorry, I'll just get a burger and some chips and just be done with it. And then I remembered my affirmation. So now what's that? Is that power of attraction? Is that my that, brain think, thinking, no, Sanjay, you're an athlete. Remember that you're an athlete. You shouldn't be eating junk food. What is that? But I think that's a mindset thing. And I do. And I say this to the people that come to my workshops as well. It's like, decide who you want to be and do everything to be right. that person, right? So that's a brilliant affirmation. I'm an athlete. So actually, when you're aware that that's who you want to become, who you are, yeah. then exactly, you'll make the choices based on that. Absolutely. Where the law of attraction then comes in is if you were to sit back and just breathe and say, I'm an athlete, show me some healthy food, then boom, all of a sudden, there'd <laughs> right. just be things thrown at you that were healthy, healthy, healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I yeah, I definitely think there's a, there's, there's a lot of power in, in that. And certainly since I've started doing affirmations and taking them more seriously, it's hard to quantify, isn't it? This is, what, mm. this, this, this is where the woo-woo is, right? Yeah, it's like, absolutely. It's like, but there's a difference. It's 100% mm -hmm. a difference. And I've also had a couple other people comment it in in me and people that don't know me that well. It's not like Anisha said, you know, oh yeah, I've seen the change. I've seen people that don't know me that well says, I've noticed this, I've noticed that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I, know, I don't know why. And I think that's down, that's all down to that. But um, Down to what? Can you remember like one book you read or one thing that you learned or something that kind of made that change that people are now noticing? It's, it's, I don't think it's this one. It's, it's, it's not a, one it's thing. A journey. It's, like a, it's, a, yeah. it's a process. Like I said, it's been, it's been over five years. Mm. I mean, if I think back, Lily's about to turn five in a, in a week or two, in a couple of weeks' time. So she's it's five years since she's come. Before she came, the last the two years before that, I was really getting into meditation, mindfulness. I wasn't doing it like seriously, but I was mm. kind of interested in it. I was getting into it. So, what's that? Seven years. Mm. It's just been a journey that's just kind of gradually. If someone got on, if I knocked on someone's door and said, "Hey, listen, I I'm going to." turn things around for you. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to make you more positive. I'm going to make you healthier. I'm going to make, improve your relationships and do all of these things. But I need seven years. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Sorry. Yeah, but then that's why it takes us long. This is why we can now help people because it took us seven years, eight years, however long it was, to, to learn everything that we learned in the way that we did, right? I'm not finished. As, 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 no, as, yeah, as, God. We, I don't um, think that we ever would be Absolutely, yeah. It's not 100%. like I'm seven years and I'm a master. Oh, I, God, I'm no, a, yeah. absolutely. But now I'm in a stage where I'm like, right, I want to get people who were like me them years ago and help them realise that you don't have to be like that. Life so, is not supposed to be hard. You don't have to feel sad. You don't have to get depressed. You don't have to, do you know what I mean? Life doesn't have to be like that. We're supposed to be having fun. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be feeling love every single day. And this is what I want to tell the world. Because I, I wish that I... 
you know, I had that. I wish that at some point someone would have said that to me. And I don't know, but I suppose it's, it's a journey, though. It's true. How yeah. you get into that. Yeah. But like I said, it's seven years. It's it's going to be another Absolutely. rest of my life, right? And, and, and I think for me, I've accepted that there isn't an end point. Like you said, I know... You know, people please are in recovery, you know, the depression, the anxiety, it's all there. Mm. It's all always going to be there. And I think just accepting that it's always going to be there. You know, we take to look at, you know, look at self-compassion, right? Mm. We take self-compassion. Self-compassion is, you know, awareness of the suffering, awareness that I've, I'm suffering. Yeah, from this. but without being a victim about it, right? Without being a victim, agreement in the meaning, in that, in that you know that this is a shared human experience. If you're feeling it, if you're thinking it, Another human has felt. Yeah, that. yeah. But you're not the. It's not a unique experience, right? And this is this is something that I've. That's been a ma major shift for me. It's like, do you know what? Everyone goes through this. Everyone at some stage of their life is going to experience this. So it's all good. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And then, what action can I take to relieve my suffering? Mm -hmm. That's not going to be harmful to me. And I think that has helped me. Yeah. So if you want to ask me what one, if there's only one thing, that understanding of self compassion has really, really helped me to manage my own feelings and my own thoughts because it's just made me think, okay, well, what's the smallest, you know, on some days it literally is, what's the smallest thing I can do today that's going to, let's say I'm an athlete, right? Mm. If there's a day I don't feel like an athlete, what's the smallest thing I can do today that's going to be an action like an athlete, right? And that might just be drinking my water wherever it's gone, this down it there. It might just be drinking, making sure I get my water in, mm. which I make sure I do that every day anyway. But if I align that action with my value or my affirmation of, oh, well, I'm doing this because I am an athlete. Mm. It's almost like, I, I, I look at that as a rep in a gym. Right, we know this, you're a, you're, in, you're a Pilates instructor. If we go to the gym, we do, we, it's not just one rep, is it? It's several reps that make that muscle stronger. So the more times I can tell myself, me drinking water is aligned to my affirmation and my values of being an athlete. Me going out with my daughter is aligned to my value of loving my family and wanting to have a happy, you know, happy home. Me doing this podcast what you get the idea yeah right? yeah they're and all, then it becomes like a habit that you don't have to think about because then before reps. you know it you're just that they're reps yeah they're reps every time and you know mm. and i think that what well, all what is that rep the rep is just an awareness mm. the rep of is just me recognizing hey i'm drinking water because i want to be healthy and i'm an athlete right mm. and it's like I, I talk about this when i coach mindfulness you know when, we, when i coach mindfulness and you know People say, "Oh, you know, I, can, I can't, I can't, I can't do this meditation mindfulness because I'm always thinking about something." I'm like, "Well, that's that's good that you're thinking about something because you're supposed you're not supposed to be not thinking, yeah. right?" And all I say to them is, when you start thinking about something which you shouldn't be thinking about, which is you know maybe it's your breath, and you start thinking about something else, recognize it. Yeah, yeah. Because that recognition, oh look, I'm thinking about something else instead of my breath. That's a rep. Yeah. Then you pull that in. You say, right, let me pull that thought in. Focus on my breath. Oh, I'm thinking about something else pull it back in that's another rep and the more you do I that, love that analogy that's so amazing the more you do that the stronger the that stronger gets so that... actually then yeah it's like rewiring your brain isn't it and it Absolutely. does it that yeah I love that and that and I ask and I always say to people you know if it was if this was a, if this was the fitness scenario if this was the gym someone comes to the gym day one they want to get strong legs they go to the gym they leave the gym have they reached their goal yet no, they haven't. They haven't got strong legs yet. But they know that if they continue to do the action of going to the gym and training their legs, they're going to get strong legs one day. Yeah. And it's the same with this. And the problem with just like going to the gym, just like doing this, you may not feel the benefits, right? You may go to the gym the first time and just think, oh, it feels so 
terrible and I'm sore and I'm aching and I'm tired. Whereas some people go to the gym first time and think, oh, that was really good. I feel they get the endorphin. And I am such a giver-upper. If I don't see immediate results in things, I am that person that would just give up. And it's taken me all of this time to now understand about progress and about, you know, exactly what you say about the work and the work and the work. Because otherwise it's like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not fit yet. I'm just not going to bother. You're not alone. Right. <laughs> that. I am. That's everyone. I know. That's everyone. Right? Oh, I don't. I can't just see wanna, the results. Oh, not, I ran like, on the treadmill for twenty minutes. I'm not size eight yet. What the? Yeah, I've had that. Okay, it's not just me. I've literally had. <laughs> I've literally had someone pay for ten personal training sessions up front. Right, so ten. That's a quite a commitment. Mm. And then they turn up for one, and I don't see them for a couple of weeks. And then I call them up. So what's going on? And they're like, Well, it didn't work. <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not kidding you I'm not kidding you. oh god and there is this expectation of this insta culture and I'll talk yes. about it all the time it's like we want things now we want things yesterday I want a pizza I get it on my door I, I've repeated oh, myself god, I've said yeah. this I've said this line so many times in this podcast people mm-hmm. are getting bored of me but <laughs> it's true right we, it's it not uh, your brain is two million years old or whatever it is right yeah and it does take a long time to retrain your brain and rewire it and it's about yeah like this is huge I'm going to go away and think about my values and think I'm not an athlete I don't want to be an athlete <laughs> but like do you know what I mean because you've just opened my eyes so much like I've never thought of it that way I always do setting intentions and things like that but ultimately you're right you are a I am a XYZ and then everything the more that you do it every single day if you get up in the morning and remind yourself I am a whatever then actually your actions will align and it's true it does take time but actually that's where the universe comes in because it will support you in those things right without without you thinking like for example yesterday I had to I consciously remembered you are an athlete and I think because I was so what I, I'll dig into this is what happened I I couldn't find anything healthy Right, so there was. We went to several shops, sandwich shops, and I was getting frustrated. Mm. And the reason I was getting frustrated is because I really, really, really didn't want to eat anything unhealthy. Yeah, right? yeah. Because I've been saying this affirmation for a long time. I've been trying for a long time, mm. and then, it, and these are the moments, aren't they? The, yesterday was a perfect moment where I could have easily just said to myself, "Ah, oh, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm here with my daughter. I'm having a nice day out. I'm just going to eat whatever." Mm. Right. Now that's okay. So if I was listening out there and you and you you find yourself doing that, I don't I don't want you to beat yourself up. About yeah, it. yeah, that's okay. But for me, I just made a promise to myself that this week was going to be a week because you know Kai was born, and I remember when Kai was born, me and she said, you know what, let's give it a couple of weeks. Just let's not worry about anything. Let's just enjoy. Let's spend time with him. Be present. Eat whatever. Mum was cooking food for us. We we're eating whatever, and we just let it go. And we said, right, two weeks are gone. It was three weeks really, but two weeks are gone. <laughs> right. Again, he went to three weeks, and we didn't. I didn't cry. We didn't beat ourselves yeah, up. About it. it was like it's all right. So three weeks are gone, and this week was I'm going to get my shit together. And that was what it was. Right? So it's now you've set yourself up to be an athlete and you've kind of got quite rigid things. So you're perfectionist like me, right? So if things don't go. So in that moment, rather than being like, I'm an athlete and getting really frustrated, it, it was like either I'm an athlete, I'm going to get something healthy or fuck it, I'm going to have a burger and fries. But ultimately right. there could have been somewhere in the middle. That's what happened. Oh, good. So again, like I said to you earlier, what, what said, what's the next, what's yeah, the yeah. one step I can take right now? These are my choices. Yeah. I can't find what I want. Athlete or couch potato. No <laughs> in between. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, no, the, no, there wasn't in between. So yesterday it was like, what's the smallest thing I can do, right? So if I can't find the super healthy meal that I want, that's yeah. going to nourish me like an athlete, right? Um, what's because, the closest what's thing the closest to that? What's the closest thing to yeah. that? 
and that's okay, right? That is so, okay. So it was a baguette from 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 Pret, which had some veggies and some, you know, it was relatively healthy. I didn't get crisps. I didn't get a fizzy drink. I just had water. Yeah. And I felt good. Yeah, exactly. Because don't you think perfectionism, that's the other thing that I suffer Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Maybe you, I don't know. But perfectionism it is a thing because actually in that moment is exactly that, right? You either go from one extreme to the other. If you can't, you know get to your own high expectations of yourself, then you're just like, oh, it's, what's the point? I'm going to give up. But that's another brilliant thing I'm going to take away from today. What is the closest thing yeah. I can get to that? Because you're right as a... As a... I'm writing this down, son. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a copy of this later. Um, what I was going to say, yeah, so it's... I've lost my train of thought, I was going to say. Sorry. But it's okay. Um, I was talking about um, the smallest thing I yeah, can do. Yeah, the smallest next best thing or the next best better feeding yeah. thing so it was it, it, in that moment and the you sorry you mentioned yeah i remember that it was the expectations of yourself mm. and for me that comes from my past because i was that 100 percent. i don't eat I, I literally went years without touching sugar you know crisps junk food fast food fizzy drinks i mean i literally you talk to some of my friends they were like yeah sanjay at that time was boring right? <laughs> right? and i was but I was in such a headspace that yeah, but I was. But didn't it make so... your mental health much, much better at, at those 100%. times? Hundred percent. Yeah. I was, see, I was not. If you, if I was in a situation like I was yesterday, I would have just been like, Do you know what? I'm okay. I'll go with that. I'm cool. I'm good. Because yeah. that was the headspace I was in at the time. But did but... you not notice? Sorry, I know we're going off piece now, but this is a very, very interesting and important subject, really close to my heart. Did you not? Because you're obviously someone like me that suffered with mental health and stuff like that. During those times of you eating that cleanly, did you not find that your mental health was just easy? Absolutely. Mm. Because life was easy. What I meant by that, what I mean by that is that I didn't have a wife. I didn't have any children. I was living overseas on my own, away from like family and the stresses of family and everything else that that brings with it. I was living in a hot country. I was working in a career that I really tried hard to transition. Again, talking about manifestation, mm -hmm. talking about the story and transition from a corporate career into a personal trainer. I was doing those things. So talk about the affirmation of I am an athlete. That's what I was living, right? I was living that way. So I was 100% adherence. And now, and this is what I've been working on the last five years in that I'm not that that same Sanjay anymore. Mm. And that's okay, right? But I can still exhibit behaviors that are towards that. Now, if I and now if I think back to what my values were at the time, right? So if, so if I look back to th that time when I was doing that, what were my values? Well, my values were that I really, really valued wanting to become a personal trainer, right? Because I wasn't one. Mm -hmm. So for me at the time, I was like, right, if I want to become the best personal trainer that I can, what's the bare minimum I need to be doing? And a clean diet is definitely one of those. So because I wanted to become a personal trainer so badly, a clean diet was so important towards that, that it wasn't even a question for me that I'm going to eat a clean diet, right? It's just like, right, I, I, I'm going to do what I think, I don't think all good PTs eat a good diet, but I'm going to think what I think a good PTs diet should look like. So I ate a good diet. Now, I don't have that same value, right? It's not I want to be the best PT. Well, what is it? Well, I just want to be healthy. I want to be there for my children. I want to play with Kai and kick a football around with him mm. when he's, you know, when he's eight or nine and, and, and when I'm nearly approaching 50, you know, all these <laughs> things, right? Yeah. So it's a different, it's a different set of values. Yeah. I'm not training like I was then. But that's okay. As long as I train, as long as I do something. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Do so, you think that the what you eat affects your 
anxiety levels and your mental health and stuff like that. 100%. Yeah, me too. 100%. Uh, there's probably science behind this, and, and I know there is, but I don't have it off the top of my head. But yeah, for sure it does. It right? does literally, this is why me, I'm, I'm, this is why I'm so interested in it, because I still struggle, yeah? I'm a recovering eater of sugar, drinker of everything. Oh, I don't do, on a, on a good day... I don't do caffeine. I mean, I definitely don't do caffeine unless it's my birthday and someone makes me drink <laughs> nine espresso martinis and I don't sleep for a whole weekend. But no caffeine, no refined sugar or flour, no alcohol, no processed food, no chemicals of any time. And when I'm like that, and this is where I will go back to, do you know why? Because it's like I am so on cloud nine from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed, nothing can rock that. You could literally throw... I mean, the last few weeks when I was on this, I had a breast cancer scare. I was doing a... Um, organising a carnival for like 500 odd people. I got back in contact with uh, my long distance lover who's just really, really complicated. So much stuff, I quit my job. So much stuff was happening over those two weeks and all of that did not rock me once because my diet was so clean. I did not have one level of anxiety, one level of any doubt in my mind whatsoever. And now, because after the carnival, I needed to celebrate, fell off the wagon. And now I'm just like, I can't even cope with just tiny little things yeah. I'm a ex anxious mess like help me I want to give up everything that's the point though because no one gets it if you haven't done that and gone so clean if you're someone that suffers with anxiety and depression and you haven't done that thing where you've gone clean even for a week it's like no one gets it you don't get how clear your mind is and how incredible things and you teach about gratitude and appreciation but when you've got none of the chemicals messing with your brain it's like you just look at something and the gratitude and appreciation is just there i know i've gone off on a mad no 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 it's 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 so true and i think it's like i'm constantly testing it i'm constantly not believing it well actually no a little bit of sugar is fine and i can have a little bit here and a little bit there and before i know it i'm like back to my old ways of having to wake up in the morning and go no lisa you're fine writing in my journal and doing my meditation like i don't want to have to work that hard yeah. And it's easier for me to just give up everything. Yeah, I 100% agree. I know, but it's so hard. It's hard. <laughs> but but this is the thing, right? I think it's not about, for me anyway right now, and I think this is something I try to espouse to everyone, it's not about that 100% adherence, is it? It's like you said, when you were going through that yeah, period. But that's the point. It's like if I don't 100% adhere to it, I swear to God, it's like being an alcoholic. Yeah? And I'm not, obviously, I'm not mm. going to, you know, talk about that because I don't really understand it. However, it is an addiction. So it's like being an alcoholic, for example, once you are clean, every day you take it as it comes and you don't just go, oh, I just have a beer here or a beer there. That's it forever. You don't do it. And I kind of feel like that's where I want to get. Although that sounds extreme, but the benefits of not doing all of these things is so high. I feel like I want to get there. I genuinely want to give up alcohol forever. So if you're not doing it, if you're not 100% adhering to not doing mm. having these these things mm. what's the alternative what do you mean as in like is it so like what you said to me earlier it's like i'm either on or off so is it like you're either doing it all the time or you don't do it at all no because i am currently i'm i'm doing it to the best of my ability mm. but like his summer holidays are always hard right so i'll have yesterday i had a, a toasty on brown bread but i know that in that brown bread there'll be sugar there'll be chemicals that will affect it and until i've gone completely clean for three days that's when it all gets out of my system and that's when the good work comes right mm. But, yeah, so I'm kind of not all or nothing at the moment. But I want to get to the... I don't know. It's like, it's too hard. <laughs> I don't think you need to be all or nothing, Lisa. This is it. This is, this is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't... You don't... You have to be kind to yourself. Yeah. It's, it don't have to be all or nothing, right? You can... You can experience all of those things. And, and I... See, when... 
you're right about the food and the the, the chemicals and they it's affect harder you. work. This is why I've given up alcohol. Yeah. Right. It's coming up. Anisha's birthday is in three days. It's going to be three days. It's going to be a 12 month anniversary that I've not touched a single drop of alcohol. And do you know what? That's been one of the hardest things, yeah. believe it or not. Right. And I'm not, people listening to this are saying you're, you're a liar, but I'm not a big drinker. I've never been a big drinker. Right. Yes. Well, there was, I should have lied. Once upon a time in my life, I was a big drinker. But in the last 10 years, I've probably really cut down a lot anyway. Yeah. And the last year, as I said, and I, and you know what? I, I told you about this before. I tried to give up alcohol for, for years. I yeah, but this up. is where I am at now. I tried to give up alcohol for years. And at first, do you know what I did? Like you said, I went cold turkey. And yeah. I was, I'm not going to have it, not going to have it, not going to have it. And then I'd, then I'd succumb, right? And then I'd have that moment, a weekend would come. And this was usually when I, lived, when I lived in Dubai. It hasn't happened to me back here. I got out with friends and you succumb. And what do you do? You beat yourself up. Ah, mm. oh, that alcohol and alcohol, I might as well just, just fall off the wagon, right? And then it's that all or nothing approach again. And what actually got me to this point where I am now, where I can hopefully in three days, I'm you know, not going to fall off the wagon in three <laughs> days, but it wasn't going cold turkey. And you know, I did that. And then there were periods where I said, right, you know what? I'm going to go the entire week uh, without drinking five days a week. Mm. And a lot, a lot of people do this and, and that, and I did that. And then I would have a little bit on the weekend. And then it went from that to, do you know what? I'm only going to do it on certain occasions like birthdays, you know, Christmas, Play, you know, certain occasions, yeah. festivals, whatever it might be. And then I did that. And then, you know, so it was an evolution from there. Mm. And then last year, it would just got to the point where I wasn't, I just wasn't enjoying it. And I remember I went out for dinner for Anisha's birthday and we had a, one glass of champagne, one glass of champagne. And I just didn't enjoy it. It just, it just affects your sleep and everything, yeah. doesn't it? It affects my energy instantly, absolutely. my emotions. It affects my sleep, absolutely everything. And that's the point. It's not like I don't want to do it just because of any other reason. I want to do it because I have experimented for 10 years now of the food and the not food. So of me being completely clean, the difference is incredible. I have to work hard on my mental health every day. When I'm clean eating, there's no work. There's no work involved. There's just no work involved. I get up in the morning, there's just no work involved. I know that's crazy, but it's just like, so it's a choice for me. It's either do you have those moments where you don't be so controlled about what you eat, but then the mental health, there's work involved. You have to journal, you have to meditate, you have to, you know, speak through things and stuff like that. Or do you just go, no, it's not worth any of that and just live the happiest, most energetic life I've ever lived. So you need to do what I was saying earlier, link, <laughs> link, link a behaviour. Yeah. With the, the value, right? So you can wake up and... Oh, I'm not telling you what to do, but... Yeah, please, I want you to. <laughs> this is like a therapy session. Thanks, Ange. <laughs> yeah, if it was me, I'd be like, okay, well, I wake up in the morning and you know, I would write down, I feel good because I didn't have a drink last night. Mm. Right? So if you're linking the feeling because you're feeling good and, and, yeah. and you link it with the fact that I didn't have a drink then that can only get, again, it's a rep. So maybe the more it's reps just you... that I'm kind of where you were before you gave up because I am now. I'm in that stage where I'm not all or nothing. I'm not like, oh, I've done it now. I might as well go nuts. I've done it now, but I want to get back, but I'll be kind to myself, but I still eat really, really healthy and still do my fasting and stuff like that. However, I might just have a cheese toastie or something like that that I know. So it's like I'm getting there. Yeah. So maybe I just need to be kind and just. So just work on one thing. Yeah. Right. So the alcohol is, 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 is clearly, I, I know it's something you really want to do. Do really want to drink in the sun? Really enjoy it. In the sun and a cold beer. I mean, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, but do you know, I take, it's <laughs> is it I went, when I went to Mexico just a few months, a couple of months ago. Oh yeah, without any alcohol. With no alcohol, that was tough. That was tough. Only the first day, because I got the you know you get this holiday. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The beach, it's Mexico, you know, 
and I did feel like, oh, I could really do with a beer or a cocktail right now. Because that's the thing, it's circumstantial. So actually, yes. when you went to Mexico, it was like, this is, in this environment, this is the action that I would normally be taking, right? Yes. So it's about being able to go into those environments and then think differently. Like, well, I'm in this environment and that's what I would have used to have done. However, I am now an athlete. Yes. So I'm going to do it this way. Yes. And I remember sitting at a table with with, with for dinner or lunch with uh, in Mexico. And I said to Anisha, and I was looking at the, you know, they always give you the drinks menu automatically. So I always look at it. And I was like, and there was a cocktail on there. I was like, do you know what? And I said, I've been, I've been going through this in my head for the last couple of days. I'm just going to have a cocktail. And she's like, yeah, do it. I was like, I'm not going to beat myself. I'm on holiday. It's our last holiday before Kai's born, you know. And, and I, I really feel like it's been in the year. And then suddenly, I was like, "No, actually." And then a waiter came, and he asked me, "What? Do you, any drinks?" And I was like, "I just have water, please." Yeah. And that's what came out of my mouth. And yeah. then Alicia looked at me and went, "I thought you were having a drink." I was like, "No, I changed my mind." Yeah. See, I've I've been in that thing, and I feel like that's the reason, isn't it? You've just got to take every moment as it comes, and yes, give yourself permission to. No, do you know what I'm gonna? I've done that recently, just in the last few days. I've been like, "No, do you know what? I do want a glass of wine now. I'm gonna have a glass of wine." And when it comes to it, I think. No, it's not. No, don't need it. Not worth it. Do you it. really want to have exactly? This? That's all I said to myself when I when I was when I said to it and I committed to Anisha that like, I'm going to have a drink. Yeah. I put the, and I was waiting for the guy to come. I just said to myself, I, I, I something said it to me. It was the world, right? Do you really want to have this drink? Yeah. And then I thought, well, it's it was what May. It's a couple of months is a year. I I remember the reasons I gave up in the first place, right? And then this is this is the thing. And I said, if I have a drink right now, what's the what benefit am I going to get? What's going to change, right? Is is anything in this experience going to drastically change? And all I thought about was like, I'm going to feel tired. Mm. I'm going to feel lethargic. I'll probably feel sleepy. It's quite hot. Yeah. And then I'll probably feel a bit dehydrated. And not. I'll have a water, please. So actually, this is exactly, we've almost gone full circle back to awareness because that's exactly what it is now. People and us, before you speak without thinking, you act without thinking, you eat, you drink, you do whatever without thinking because you're not aware and you're just doing it. But when you actually slow it down and put a gap in between why am I doing this and then the action, that's when it becomes everything changes, right? It's that awareness. You hit the nail on the head. You said, slow it down. Yeah. You have to just take because a minute. If anyone in, is someone that's sped through life, it's me, right? Oh, I've God, always, yeah. always on a mission. Always on a mission, right? Sanja's always on a mission, right? <laughs> me too. Do you uh, think you've got ADHD? I genuinely I have diagnosed prob- myself. It's like uh, my brain is always on 800 different things, right? And when I get these things, I'm like, so, yep, yeah, I can absolutely do that, blah, 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 blah. And it is very much like that, isn't it? Do you, or you're the my, same. My mind is like, yeah. You know, when I, I watched Rain Man the other day and I was sent to oh I'm not as smart as him, but I feel like my brain's like that. Yeah, it's my just, friend just, Angela, she said to me, a, a, a about a year ago, like I've known her for like 30 odd years since I was really, really small. And she said to me a couple of months or whatever, she said, I don't know anyone whose brain works like yours. You just don't, you're just constantly on it. There's always something. You're on it, you're on it, you're on it. And I'm like, is that not normal? I just thought everyone was like that. But now I'm realising, no, not not everyone. I mean. <laughs> no, and I do, yeah, I do, I do, I do get that. Um, just like constant, yeah, and it's just about slowing down, right? And I think when you, sl- when I've slowed just understanding that when you slow down just a gap like you said earlier just sit back yeah let things happen don't try to make everything happen 
And I know there's this whole thing about action, mood follows action. You, but sometimes you just sit mm. and just... Because otherwise, how do you know what action to take? This, again, links us back to the law of attraction and about manifesting and stuff like that. Inspired action is the best action you can take. And inspired action comes from within. It comes from you knowing what your intention is. You know you're an athlete. You know that you want to do X, Y, Z. And you give yourself enough space to sit back and let it come. And then the thoughts come up. Oh, I need to do this. And then that inspired action, if you then make it happen rather than fear kicking in and saying, oh, no, I don't think I'm good enough to do that, then that's that's it. Yeah. That's the key to life. We've just sorted everyone's problems right there. So just, just send this out to, <laughs> it, yeah, send this out to every single mobile phone in, in the world. It. Yeah, just that's all you've got to do. And then game over. I'll give you an example the other day with Kai. So um, he was sleeping next to me. And um, this was early on when he was um, when he was just born. And he started wriggling and crying a little bit. Now, in the first couple of days, I would... Straight away, he's crying, he's moving, he's wriggling. Take action, right? Mm-hmm. I need to do something to help this child, right? He's not he's not happy. And then I couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And then it happened a, a couple of days later, and I remind myself, just just wait. Just see what happens. And he was next to me, he was sleeping, but he was wriggling and he started moaning a bit. And I just put my face a little bit closer to his. I'm not touching, just put it a little bit closer to his. And then he kind of rolled over. He opened one eye right? <laughs> and, he, and he kind of saw, I don't know, he can't see properly, right? But he obviously saw or smelt me and then he closed his eye and he just was quiet and he went, and he went back to sleep. Oh. And it was really cute. It was really, that but really that was a cute. perfect example of me saying, do you know what? Let me just wait yeah. and see what happens here. And all I did was, okay, I took some action by moving my face closer, but all I was trying yeah, to... but that would have been inspired action because there's something that rather than you thinking, right, what have I got to do panicking, you actually just sat back and that was the inspired action to I... just gently, something told you, just put your face near his. So since he's been born, I've rem- and I've been really getting into uh, evolutionary biology uh, recently, just understanding how, where we come from and why we do certain things. Mm. And it's so fascinating. And I know you'd love it as well. And I reminded, I remembered or reminded myself that, okay, this is, here's a new child, new baby, a new mammal coming to this world. All he has instincts for, the only, the only reason he's going to be unhappy, right? Because he's hungry, mm-hmm. because he needs cleaning, he's, you know, that needs nappy changing, he feels unsafe, right? Or he's not feeling well. Mm-hmm. There's four, there's probably a couple, but there's four okay. basic things, right? So if he's not hungry and he's not cold or he's not hot, um, then it's probably safety, right? So I, all, all I was, when he's uncomfortable, especially when he's sleeping, just let him know that you're there, right? Yeah. And it doesn't take much. And, and it's just a very basic human need. Yeah, I think just to feel love. Just, right? to, feel, just to feel safety and, mm-hmm. and security. We could do a whole nother podcast oh, on that. Yeah, God. Oh, totally. Um, so, <laughs> but, my, but, but that, I think that's just helped me just to slow down a little bit and mm. just observe let things happen and i think sometimes if you just let things happen slow down then then the the, the right things will happen this is exactly the lesson that i needed right now i feel like this is exactly what i needed to be reminded of because when you do you get inside your own head and you're anxious and stuff like that it's like you're then taking action constantly because you're trying to you know work from a place of fear or a place of panic and you just do loads of things but exactly right if you were to just trust that everything will be okay and just sit back then the right thing will appear and yeah it's control isn't it It, anxiety for me is a lack of control right it's when i can't control a scenario or a situation 
my that brain that we talked about mm. it just goes haywire it's just like no i need to i need i need to know i need data i need input i yeah, need yeah. to know where's this going to go right and, and that that's when the slowing down bit comes in it's just like hey do you know what and this is what this is literally what i say to myself right i literally like hey sanj everything's all right yes all right everything everything's still the same everything will be okay everything this is now right everything is now whatever's happening what just just ground just about just, this just, just one ground thing just now. ground yourself whatever's going on right and and that Honestly, that just little bit of slowing down. Like on the tube yesterday, I'd close my eyes. And we're only going like a stop and, a, and getting off and a stop and a getting off or whatever. I'd just close my eyes and just breathe mm. when I sat on the tube. Breathing all that dirty air. Yeah, whatever. Come it's, home and get black snot out yeah. your nose. <laughs> Do you know what? When I got home yesterday, <laughs> when, I got, when I got home yesterday, I said to Nietzsche, I was like... I did that for 15 years of my oh, life, God, I can't. I just twice can't. a day. And I just got to think how many, t I mean, completely going off topic here, but I did think that yesterday. I was like, oh my God, how many, how many hours, how many years of my life have I wasted sitting on this, on, on a train, on, oh, a, on, a, on a metal tube going under Breathing under in the, all of that dust. Don't. That's what used to do it for me. I grew up in Walthamstow in London, yeah? So obviously, but I wasn't one of them people that wanted to go up London to, to do anything. But <laughs> God, honestly, my, God, my friends know how difficult it was to get me on a train. Yeah. And that's when I lived in London. And now even more so, I'm like a country girl, I can't. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we got into that. Oh yeah, meditate. Me. Just, 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 be, just, just being, yeah, just being mindful on the train. So yeah, just slowing down. That's what we're talking about. Slowing down. Honestly, just this, this whole slowing down thing, I think, is so powerful. Um, so and I'm trying to, in, I'm trying to get it, introduce it into Lily as well. Like just, you know, just enjoying the moment. Just they slowing do down. pick up off of us. Like this is the, the whole reason that I do all of the mental health work that I've done over the past years because like I don't want my kids to grow up like I did. I I, I don't want to be this anxious mess and pass that on to my kids. I want my kids, do you know what I mean? To yes. have and this is why everything that I do is exactly for that reason now. Yes. For my kids. Because yes. we want to instill the good values in them. And we don't want them to panic and freak out like we do. No, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and and I've picked up on it. I've noticed some behaviours and actions and words in Lily. And I, and I know she's got that from 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 what mm. we do and how we behave. So just trying to help her to slow down. She loves she loves doing affirmations. Like, it's so cute. And Anisha, Anisha did this, to be fair. I talked about this on the podcast with, with Natalie, but she's doing her own affirmations now. Um, so I hope just through... I think this is Osmosis how you... Osmosis and diff diffusion. Yeah, but it is though, because when you are, and this is what I'm big on, and this is what I teach people a lot of the time, and what I keep reminding myself, is that when you are the best version of yourself, it brings out the best in absolutely everyone else, right? So the, the thing, the work for us to do is just to keep being the best that we can, making mistakes for sure, but being the best that we can always, because then it will just inspire everyone else to be the same and most for our kids which is the most important thing like Ernie I asked him the other day he's eight years old and I asked him to describe manifestation to someone that would that's never heard of it it's incredible he does like mindfulness um presentations on powerpoint and stuff like that Amazing. just because of the stuff that we talk about and the stuff that do you know what I mean I whatever and I think goods because that's what we should be teaching our kids now that's 100 percent what we should be teaching our kids is how to be happy humans, our kids go to. Um, but what they do in one of the first things that you go is like they give you a percentage wise on how much is learnt from school and how much is home. And the shift doesn't happen until they're well into their teens where mm -hmm. they get more from school than they do at home. So I think that's a really, really important thing that everybody should be aware of is that we teach, we send our kids to school and think that that's where they're doing most of their learning. But that is in fact false information. They're doing the majority of their learning at home until they're a certain age and then it tips in the other way. Okay. So 
I agree with that. I'm going to reflect on my experience of that. Yeah. Right. I totally agree with what you said. I think everything is that. In my experience, when I went to school, to me, everything that was happening at home was wrong. Right. So for me, I, when I was growing up, I was like, everything that was happening at school, I would cotton on. Oh, no, this is how you do things. Because the way you think, because I grew up, my parents were immigrants, first generation, I'm first generation born, you know, Indian, British Indian into this country. When I was born, and I'm the oldest child as well, um, we, they did everything a certain way, right? And it was very different. I grew up in Essex as well, mm. right? So it was very different to what everyone was doing at school. So when I went to school, I was like, well, hold on a minute. This is how everyone's doing everything. This is what the teachers say. This is what the, my, my mates are doing. This is what my mates are having for dinner. This is, you know, they go and play football. They watch. Whereas at home, it was very different. So I wanted to be more like the people at school. Yeah. So I feel like I've been very heavily influenced by what I learned at school and my surroundings at school. So yes, you are right. Your family, your upbringing definitely brings something. But there can be some situations, certain circumstances where that child is kind of almost rebelling against what's happening at home. So do you think then that's why your kind of your onus is more important and what they're learning at school because of that, because of the experience that you had, it was very important because actually your home life, but then, you know, I wonder if what you're saying is basically as much as we can do all of this good mindfulness stuff and all of this good teaching our kids at home, if they see something different at school, they might rebel against what we're doing and then yeah. go that way, right? Let's take an example. My parents are Hindus. Mm. They're quite, I'd say compared to people I know, they're relatively strict Hindus. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're vegetarians, they pray, they do all these things, they do all the festivals, right? If you study Hinduism, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's all about spirituality. It's all about mindfulness and meditation and, well, this is the and thing. manifestation I think all religion and is. karma and yeah. you know, being kind to your neighbor. All of those things is all it's about, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that's what they did at home. Mm -hmm. I totally rebelled against it. Yeah, I was but, like, this is nonsense. Why do I have to wear this stupid flower on my head? But and, that's the point, you know, isn't it? It's like, because I think that all religion in its very crux, yeah, we obviously we probably shouldn't talk about religion, but I think all religion in its very, very core is all about spirituality. It all comes from the same thing. However, how it's then been interpreted and how different things and different cultures do different things, I think that's where in the changes come and where perhaps that's where you rebelled against because actually as part of the Hindu that your parents had was quite strict in certain ways and you had to wear things that you didn't want to wear for example right. whereas the way that we are with our children is a bit more free we do believe in spirituality and about mindfulness and stuff like that but we wouldn't necessarily force them to sit down in a corner and meditate for 20 Absolutely. minutes otherwise they're not going to be able to do whatever right and also we don't force them to wear what they want to wear I mean you've seen the kind of things that my kids go to school in yeah sometimes I just can't be dealing with the ag but do you see what I'm saying so hopefully we won't. They won't rebel because actually we're not that rigid in what we're teaching them. Yeah, yeah? I, 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 totally. I think it was because fingers crossed. No, you're right. And I think my rebelling against my culture when I was younger was because I felt like it was forced upon. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I, I guess I'm sure that happens now. I'm sure there's still people God, who are yeah. forcing things upon to their kids. So I think this is where I think the schools come in. Right. This is where I think there is a responsibility from from, from the schools also. Yes. A kid needs to learn how to read, how to write, how to count. Those things are really important. But they also need to look, learn how to look after their own mind. They need to learn how oh, to, God, yeah, you know, be kind and be compassionate. And, you know, 
learn how to eat healthily, learn how to move their body and do all these things. And so look, I 100% not... agree. And I also think that there will have to be a shift and the shift will probably come because ultimately, if you think about the way that we've evolved and the way that life has evolved and the technology, like our we wouldn't have had to deal with the amount of information and all of Agreed. this and the mental health. Like, well, you know, it would have been a couple of us had mental health issues back in the day, but generally as a population, we would have been fine. Whereas I think now it's going to tip in the other favour because of all of the chemicals that our children are eating, because of all of the TV and the YouTube and the social media and absolutely everything. So I think now there is going to be a need for schools to step in Agreed. and teach about, whereas we never used to. But now I do think that it will, t- it will take time, but I do think that it will yeah. tip in that favour. How did I learn about life when I was a kid? What I saw at home, yeah, what I saw at school, what I saw on TV. Yeah, three things, three avenues. Yeah. Like you said, right now, how, where are the where are the date? Where's the inputs coming from? Yeah, exactly. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. That's why, but that's why I feel like we need to be strict with our kids. And I'm not. Listen, my kids won't have phones. My kids don't even. They're eight and five, and they don't even have their own tablets. I'm not judging anyone that does, but because I'm so acutely aware of the the way that it affects my mental health, I think that's different as well. If you're someone that's always suffered with mental health, anxiety, that sort of stuff, or that you're hypersensitive. <clears throat> then it, it affects me more than the average person. So therefore, I'm more heightened to it and I want to protect my children for. And I know that my, especially Ernie, he's as highly sensitive as I am. So therefore, I'm going to have to work harder to protect him from things. And so I'm going to be that strict weird mum. Like Kirsty Allstop says, I'm that weird mum that won't let my kids have a phone. And when they come home and cry and moan about it, I'm like, well, that's the mum I am. I don't really care. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like I'm going to be that person. And luckily, I hope that, where we are and where we live and the people that we all vibe with kind of along the similar route, right? But we can't control if our kids are going to rebel. They might hate it and then end up, who knows? Yeah, so I I agree. I think doing the right things at home, for sure. Mm. I think it does start from home. Um, I think it has to be done in the right way. And I... I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm, I struggle. I struggle with this. We talked about it earlier. But don't you think it's important? Another thing about this, you know, what we do, I think is important, and I always do this. I admit my mistakes all the yes. time, constantly. Yes. I'm not. I will, you know, as we said earlier, I I say things, I do things, I'm crazy, but then I'll always sit down and tell. Like if I scream and shout at my kids, I understand this now. Yeah, that's not their fault. They don't deserve to be screamed and shouted at. And therefore, I need them to know that. So I'll always sit down and say, the way that mummy reacts to whatever you do is not your problem, that's mine. Mm. So even if you do something that's not right, or even if you do something that's bad or naughty or whatever, there's a way of dealing with that. If I scream and shout at you, it's not because you're being naughty or bad. It's because I'm not dealing with that in the right way. Mm. And I always tell them that because I think that's really, really important as well to grow up like knowing that, you know, other people's treatment of you is nothing to do with you. It's more to do with them, right? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I, I need to start doing. I, I, I always I, I make mistakes. I, I, I admit to my mistakes and I'll apologise. But that explanation is really good. I think that's a nice way of looking at it. But yeah, I think that's so powerful. Yeah, it's so powerful because it does, isn't it? People's reactions and nothing. This is looking at me growing up. You know, people's reactions around me dictated how I behave absolutely right? and what I thought about people you know for you know, for example I remember when I was younger I was overweight right and I remember people in my own family would make comments all the time about my weight mm-hmm. and even to the point where they were like you know oh you're having an extra you know, extra extra chapati I noticed mm-hmm. so that made me think as a child that everyone's watching what I'm eating so everyone must be watching what yeah. I mean because every time I go somewhere, someone's someone, making comments about someone your, making a comment about yeah. either my food or my weight. So everyone must watch you, mm. 
and that become then you suddenly what you start acting so that when people react it's people pleasing yeah That's where yeah the pleasing starts right oh right well if i if i eat a rot if i eat an extra rotli or a chapai i get this comment whereas if i do this, I get this comment, yeah. right? And so, well, I'll do more of this to get this type of comment. And that's where the people-pleasing started, mm. right? So, yeah, I, I think there's, with with the whole kids thing, uh, it's hugely about what they see, environment, absolutely. I think the culture, you know, the culture is, is changing. That's why we're getting now, we, we talked about this earlier, we're getting people who are coaching kids now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, whether, whether what people think of that or not, I have I know someone I talked about, you know, my friend Natalie, who's who, who coaches children, and I think she does a wonderful job. Mm. And I think there's there's a need. I, don't I think, think every, it is. I think it's definitely geez. necessary. And she talks about, and her coaching for children is about understanding emotions, mm. right? It's understanding big feelings, big emotions, kind of almost what you were saying is like, hey, if someone else reacts to you this way, it's not because of you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and and how to deal with these types of emotions. And also it's okay to have all of these different emotions. Like absolutely. you can't ever tell, you know, don't ever tell someone to not be upset by something. No. If someone's upset by something, that's just the way that they're they're upset, right? However, this is another thing that I tell my kids about other children and about them. If someone gets angry, that's absolutely okay to get angry, yeah? What's not okay is to hit someone, punch mm. someone, throw things. That's not okay. That's you not dealing with your anger. You can have anger. It's absolutely okay to have anger. Yeah. But it's not okay to then, you know, act out and hurt someone and whatever. Like, that's the difference. Yeah. So emotions are absolutely fine. But then how we deal with those emotions. I have to take my own advice. You do. You do, literally. <laughs> no, but I do. That's the point, though, because I think that's the other thing. I say this to Ernie all the time. He's hilarious. My eight-year-old boy is absolutely hilarious. Have you ever read, like, Diary of a Wimpy Kid books? No, I haven't. Oh, my God, I love, 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 love. Right. So I say to him, like, if you didn't have the experience that I'd, I'm a shouty mum, I'm a recovering shouty mum. Now I might only shout at my kids once or twice a week, whereas before it would be all day, every day, because that's, one, it's the way that I grew up, mm. and two, I was constantly in a state of anxiety, right? So I was constantly just on edge. But now it's a lot more controlled and I'm a lot more better. And I do explain to my kids it's not okay for me to shout at you, etc. However, when Ernie tries to make me feel bad about certain things that I've done, I'm like, listen, if you didn't have the contrast, one, you would never know what's good and what's bad and what you like and what you don't. But number two, you wouldn't be as hilarious as you are now. <laughs> None of these comedians you see on the stage right about now had the most perfect upbringing where their parents went down on their level and said, oh, and how do you feel about that? Sorry, no. That just it doesn't happen. So comedians need a little bit, of, <laughs> a little bit of shouting it's every true. now and again. That's what I say. <laughs> what a mum! Uh, yeah, what a mum! You are, you are, and and you're right. Ernie, Ernie's, Ernie's, Ernie's different though. He's, he's in, a, in a really good way. He's so, he's so mature and. Um, but listen, I'm not saying that this was my fault, but also I am saying that I've had a lot to do with that because we were saying this earlier, like people pleasing. There's certain personality tests that you can do, right, to see whether you're an em empathizer or a systemizer. Have I given you that one? Have you done no, it? No, I haven't done it. Right? So what an empath is a highly sensitive person who is governed by their emotions. They pick up energy from others. So therefore, that's where the people pleasing comes in. So we would react differently to, um, if you're an empath, you would react differently to the way that people are towards you than others. Like we'll pick it up. You can pick up people's bullshit straight away. If you go into a, a place uh, where someone's got the ump or there's a mood vibe, you will pick up on that mood vibe and without even realizing it your mood will be affected if you're an empath right unless you're um you've empowered yourself and learned all about it um and ernie is exactly that he's a very highly sensitive child so, and i recognize that from when he was an absolute baby and this mm. is why everything that i've done because i'm thinking i don't want him to have to have the struggles i've always felt that i was different i and and no one un 
I had some good things and some not so great things, but the support wasn't there as much as I want to give him now, right? right so right. that's why he is the way that he is. Yeah. Because I recognize it and I support him in that way, knowing that how would how would I want to deal with it in that way and stuff like that. So yeah, he's incredible. He knows about mindfulness and about all of this sort of stuff and about his emotions and he journals a lot and he writes all the time and we meditate together. And it's not, you know, it's not perfect. Obviously he's still eight years old, but considering how he could be at this age, he's incredible. Like even the difficult stuff that we have to deal with, I learned from him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Get him, get him to keep the journals. Oh, uh, God, absolutely. Yeah, uh, they'll be so valuable in the future. Everyone should journal. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. My nan always told me that. Write something down, Lisa. Yeah. Write it down. Keep a pen and paper next to your bed and just write <laughs> things down. Yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah. I recently um, started going back to my electronic journal on, on my phone and uh, just because I was not being consistent with the, the writing. And I want to be, I want to be one of these people that writes everything down right i really want anisha's like that she's so good you look at her notes it's like it looks amazing Yeah, but write what what do you want to write down just be a good like journaling and just being good i'm just not very good at the physical writing writing i can write i'm not like you know completely <laughs> literate. It's just, i don't know it's just something about it that it, it it's slow. It's uh, and I know that's part of but it. But that's good. I know. That's I know. Like I know. So I know. I know. And yeah, that's I know. why I love the actual pen to paperness yeah. of it as well. I love it as well. But the problem for me is I like to go back and look at stuff. Yeah. And when something's, I've got like a couple of three or four journals in there, which I have used. Not like I don't do it. But I've never looked back at them. But why? You don't need to. That's not what. Well, it depends on what we're talking about journaling. Cool. I journal to help with my processing of things that have happened and i write down ideas and thoughts and just generally like things like that so i want to yeah but how do you feel before and after you've written those things down feel better right well then that's job done you don't need to look back on it why do you need to look back on it because when you're writing a memoir because i want to reflect on my journey and my experience so i'll give an example the best way i recently re-downloaded the app i used to use a few years ago to journal and I logged in and it kept, it has all my oh. old log entries. And this is from when Lily was a baby, when she was born. And I started reading through them, right? Because it's just, on, I was on the app, I was like, yeah, just yeah. there. And it was like, you know, she woke up three times this night. And I was, I was, and I was reading with with Anisha and I was like, this is so cool. I was just reading, because I don't remember those, yeah, that yeah. exact that night true. when she woke yeah. up three days, three times that night. I don't remember, but having that written down yeah. is so powerful. And I was, and I started seeing other things about what I did and my workout. And I, and I wrote in there, I managed to get to the gym today. It wasn't great, but at least I did it. And yeah. I wasn't doing the whole positive manifest but i was no. thinking like that then but, so, so the change in you now i can from where see you it. were there yeah. you can so you know because yeah. it's hard to be in your to reflect on yourself where if you've changed so hard very hard maybe i've i did always keep them but recently i did get rid of some but this is my problem now is when i look at people and i'm kind of on my starting out journey of coaching and stuff like that but exactly what you said is so hard and i struggle with this i struggle now to relate to people who are where i was a few years ago because mm. it's like i can't get myself in that mindset what yes. do i need what is the 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 best advice i can give or, or that sort of stuff do you know what i mean because yeah. it's not i've done so much work and i'm where i am i can't even get myself back yeah. into the mindset of that right because you're just like well this is just how it's yeah you, you rewired your mind exactly. you think, well this is just the way things are right yeah Whereas, yeah i, I agree that's but what, that's, yeah, that's right. where the self-compassion piece comes in as well but yes yeah, so so keep the journals, keeping the journals okay. but also I'm keep the journals but also if i was re listening to um another podcast uh youtuber who's writing who's writing a book and He's like, you know, his journals yeah, formed, this is have thing. formed 
the book. The first early chapters of his book, well, most of his book. Yeah. Right. So all he he's he does everything electronic. So he searched meditation in his in his in his journal. It was all online, right? He searched meditation. He had like all of these entries where he's talking oh, about meditation. Oh God, it makes it so sound like write, I should be doing digital journals. So if he wants to write a chapter on meditation. Or a, he wants to do a YouTube video or a yeah, yeah. reel or it's a post there. on meditation. He can just go, okay, I did that. And it's okay. amazing, right? So it's journaling more of like a, almost like a diary entry of what you're doing. Yeah, and what you're like doing. That. We don't have to. I mean, well, I'm doing it, Sandra. You don't have it. to. You don't, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just sharing my experience. No, but it's true. No, know? because genuinely I've already written like 15,000 words of my book I wrote a few years ago. And I'm hoping that a lot of that what? is what. 15,000 yeah, yeah. words of a book? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know about this. And I've written a children's book. You know about the children's book. Uh, hold on, let's talk about this. We'll, we'll oh. uh, start, with a, start with a children's book. You've already written a children's oh, book. Oh, yeah, I've written a children's book. Has it been published? No, because. So I wrote this beautiful story about a unicorn it's complicated so i've oh it's really hard to explain so i have this long distance for two and a half years now i've been with this guy who we just fell in love but he lives in a different country it's very really complicated we don't speak the same language we do now but we didn't at first and one year his daughter lives in Colombia because he's Colombian. It's really, really complicated. But basically one year he said that he really wanted to um, do something special for her, but he didn't have a lot of money. And I was like, why don't you write her a story? So basically he then said that's a really good idea. And he's he's really good, really articulate with words and make things sound beautiful in Spanish, Spanish right? Yeah. In Spanish. Um, Everything sounds beautiful in Spanish. Yeah, exactly, right? Oh, God. Um, so basically I helped him and I wrote the book. Right? I wrote this story about a, about a unicorn that, loses her way and wants to find her happiness but she looks in all the wrong places right it's a very powerful message about happiness coming from within so anyway I wrote the story and he read it and he made it a bit more beautiful and then I took it to a few people and they were like you need to make it rhyme so like one morning I woke up at 3 40 a.m for no apparent reason other than to sit bolt upright and in 20 minutes I made this book rhyme amazing I'm gonna show it to you because it'll make you cry it's really good but then that was a year and a half ago. Yeah, a year and a half ago. So since then, I've been like, right, I've got to get this book published. I've got to do something with it. I've got to do something with it. And in the end, I spoke to a, um author and he kind of gave me some really amazing advice and said it does need work. So currently, I'm working on it. I haven't done anything. This is the thing, right? From September when the kids are back, I'm an author. I'm going to get it. But it's incredible. Yeah. It's an amazing story. And it's basically that. And these are the books that I'm going to write for children is the important lessons. Right? This one's all about self-love. I'm going to do ones about other things like with these characters. So, yeah, that's the children's book that I've written. And that is in the pipeline. There's your, ne there's your next oh, affirmation. God. I am an author. I am an author. This is so hot, right? This is the other thing. My time is... Not easily because of the ADHD-ness of my brain, my time is not easily uh, organized, right? So yeah. I have to say on one day, it's not like, oh, when I get time, I'll do it, which it is, right? Because it's hard to be creative. It's not hard, but when you're in your life of whatever of you are, being a mum, being a this, being a that, trying to earn money, I've just had to go, you know, whatever. It's hard to be creative. So to get into that creative headspace, I kind of shy away from it. So what I'm doing from September is at least one day a week, I'm an author. So I'll go wherever I want to be. I might go up to Whipsnade Zoo now that I've got a membership and sit on a bench and look over the hills. And that's where I'll just sit and I'll be an author. If something comes, it comes. If it takes six weeks for the inspiration to come, that will be what it is. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Love That's it. good. So I know. Got a book. And Amazing. the other book, I've yes. got a book. I've got one book. And then the other book I started writing about two or three years ago was about my four steps to ultimate happiness from where I was to where I am. And it's a lot about eating. There is some eating stuff in there as well. 
I know, right? I awesome. forget about this, Sanjay. So I forget whole, that I've so written whole, 15. So the book is about four steps to There's happiness. four steps to okay. absolute. I don't yes. Should I tell you what they are? Go on then, if you, if you don't mind sharing them. No. I mean, someone of them write the book for me, right? And I'll be like, oh man, no, I'm joking. Gratitude. Okay. Eating well. Yeah. Mindfulness slash meditation and sleep. Love it. So those four things, if you get them all right, and I tell you, obviously there's a lot more to just, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you how to get them all right, that you will never have a day of anxiety ever. And this is why I was talking to you before about the importance of me personally uh, not eating you know, the stuff that gives me anxiety because then it's like if those four things are on top form, you just, you could literally achieve anything that you've ever, and this is where I'm now. Now I am an author. Now I am a mindset coach. Now I'm this, I'm going to earn loads of money. This is where I'm going. And staying in that mindset is not easy, no. especially when you're the type of person that I am. And I believe me and you are quite similar. Staying in that mindset takes so much work. It's like half of my day's worth of energy is spent just getting into that top form of alignment. Yeah. What if I woke up every day like that? But you can. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and with that, those it's, four it's, steps. Those four steps. But it's the reps. That's yeah, God, we said you're earlier. Right, you're so right? Right. And this is what I'm saying. You can wake up. It's hard work. I agree. It's hard we write work. Write the book together. Yeah, we can do the book together. <laughs> no, we should. Uh, but it is. You're right. And it and 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 it is hard work to to stay in that mindset because, like you said, we're always that person. However. The more reps, it just comes back to it, repeating myself, but it, does, it really does come back down to it. The more reps you do, the easier it becomes to be that way. It's right? so it's true. It's the default. And waking up and doing the affirmations, I am an author, all of these things. It's so true. Listen, I, honestly, I really, really believe in it. And do you know what? We're going to talk about religion. I want to talk about religion in, in, in my way of talking about it because I've been paying attention to just... On, on TV and like, you know, watching it and just when people go and talk about religion and stuff and movies and stuff mm. and film, film shows. And I'm like, and I said to, uh, and I came to a realization. And I said to her, I said, I figured it out. She goes, what? I said, I figured out religion. Like, I figured it out. Right? <laughs> she goes, what have you figured out? I was like, I said, all religion, every single religion, all it is, is a series of positive affirmations. Yeah. That is all religion is, right? And it's gratitude. It's gratitude and affirmations. Lord, thank us for this meal that we're about to have. Please bring plenty more in the future. Well, I don't know the prayers, right? You, you, right? Um, Lord, please uh, thank you for... Do you believe that the Lord then gives you these things? Whoever it is giving you these things, I feel it like it's, it happens, right? I feel the same. Right? This is... Go on. But just, I'll tell you just, my religious just think, Yeah, after. but if you think about any any praying, what is praying? Yeah, it is. It's gratitude. It's, it's gratitude. It's, it's, gratitude. it's, what, it's affirmation. What do you want to have? Pray for me, Sanjay. Yeah, right? absolutely. What's that doing? That's saying, hey, I hope you do really well in your exam. I'm going to I'm gonna think about you. But it's the vibes and it's, it's the, the positive energy. energy it's right? the, absolutely what? that. I genuinely believe. I believe. So I believe started with spirituality. The way that my... This is crazy now you're going to think that I'm an absolute lunatic and this is why I need to read this book why woo woo works um so I believe that we are all come from the same place yeah so imagine like a ball of burning positive love and light in the world that is God that is the universe that is whatever you want to call it that is that right out of that we are all connected by this invisible whatever so we are all one we are all equal we're all connected to this source let's call it the source of energy love and everything and what i believe is that if you stay connected to that source then you will live a life exactly how you want but exactly how you want that comes from the source right so 
then when you come into religion, I believe that that's where it all started from. And that's why you talk to God, you say thank you, you ask for what you want, it is given, the energy and the vibration will then go out and you'll get exactly what comes back. And then when religion comes in, it's like it starts with that. Even the stuff with Jesus and the healing hands and stuff, I kind of get it and I kind of see like, yeah, that could maybe happen. Then religion kind of people start putting their interpretation on it. But exactly right, it's all the same thing. Stay grateful, believe that there's a higher power that is, you know, that's out there and that's going to take care of everything. Believe that you can have absolutely anything that you want and live the life of your dreams and then you will. That's why it gets crazy and people think I'm a weirdo, but, but no, I... it's proven. So many times, I'll do this, ask for a sign, right? If you were to ask for a sign from God, from the universe, from source, from whatever, just a sign. Say you're, it's your brain, say it's the vibration, whatever. Tell me, ask for a sign. First thing that comes in your head. What do you mean? A sign that there's something out there that's guiding you into the best place and you're on the right path. What would it be? What, right now? Yeah. This moment? Yeah. Just having this conversation? No, a sign, a physical thing. Like my sign is a peacock. So when I listened to this thing about oh, right. signs, I was like, show me a peacock. I don't get it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So say, for example, there is this big ball of energy, yeah. positive, yeah. like God, the universe, whatever. And say, for example, everything you could have and it's based on energy and this source could put something in your vibration. You know, like you were talking about earlier, when you think about these certain cars, they show up, they show up, yeah, they yeah, show yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So if you think about something and trust that this one thing could appear, if all of this makes sense and it's real, ask for that one thing. I asked for a peacock, right? And what happened? Well, then I forgot about it. Yeah. And then the very next morning, I was walking down the street with Georgia. It might have been Ernie. And in the florist down on Tring High Street, yeah, there's no, why would there be a peacock in there? And why would anyone be looking? I was just walking down, minding my own business. Oh, mummy, look at that peacock. <laughs> I'm not joking. I've experienced this. This has got, before. you have to cut this bit out no, of the no, podcast, no, no, right? No. Because it's a bit mad. He talks about it in the book. But there's no, Sanjay, I could not tell you. There's one thing that I was literally, I'd lay in bed at night and there was one thing that I was struggling with. And I was like, 24 hours, give me a sign, give me a peacock to tell me that everything's okay, right? The next morning I got up, and again, this is a bit woo-woo, cut this out of the podcast, I was shuffling my tarot cards. I don't know how to do tarot cards, but they are just nice, positive affirmations. So I was just shuffling, shuffling, and I was like, connect me to spiritual guides, whatever, whatever, whatever. And as I was shuffling the cards, one of them fell out and landed in front of me. What was on that card? A peacock. peacock. Right. Another time I was like give me a sign, whatever, whatever. Within like four hours, my friend randomly, I hadn't asked her for a sign. She randomly texted me and said, look what just turned up in my son's back garden. A peacock. A peacock. I saw a peacock the other day. <laughs> I went for a run. So, I did. I'm messing with your mojo You're messing now. with me now. You need yeah. to get, you need to, honestly, <laughs> it's just mad I know, stuff. I, I, I get it. I don't, I don't think that's crazy. I think that, crazy. that, no. I think when that's... I talk about it to someone that is like, what? It does make me feel like a little bit of a lunatic, but listen, whatever works, right? It's part of attraction. Right? It's part it of attraction. Is. It's totally, it totally, it's totally something in that. Um, I can't remember this, how he links it to science in, in the book. but the, the I'm going to read it. Yeah, no, it's honestly. all about vibration because actually exactly. everything is matter. Everything right. is vibrational. Everything is energy. That's so, the point, right? Every single thing that you're looking at, touching, sitting on, inside, outside, it's all energy. And energy is constantly vibrating. Right. So basically the vibrations then you're attracting or yeah. whatever. And do you know what really convinced me that religion is just about positive affirmations and gratitude. Is that? Oh you yeah, hear? this is how we got. Onto yeah, it. <laughs> um, is that 
you hear a lot, you see a lot of stories of people who go to prison, for example, right? And their life is at rock bottom. And when they turn it around, you ask them, what, what, what was it? I found, I found religion. I, I found, found religion. God. I found God, right? And then their life just takes this, this completely different trajectory because they found God. Now, listen, if you want to call it God, if you want to call it religion, if you want to call it matter, if you want to call it the, the, the universe, it's all the same. Thing. It's all the same thing. So it doesn't matter if one person wants to to, to pray to Jesus or Allah or Shiva or you know their their, their Nike shoe, whatever whatever it is. Hang on for it, because at the end of the day, I really do believe that when you think about you know, they, let's let's take someone who's rock bottom, right? They're they're coming out of prison. They've got nothing to to live for. What do they do? They find religion. They talk. What's religion? It's positive affirmations. You know, find shame. It's and, and do you know what I think it is as well as that as well. And I think for me certainly having all of the you know the positive mindset and stuff like that. But what I think the difference between people that find God, religion, spirituality, whatever or not, is the sense of knowing that you're being taken care of. There is a higher power somewhere that is taking care of you. Everything that's happening in this moment is supposed to be happening. Wherever you're going, you are supposed to be going. I think that's the big difference. And I think that especially when people hit rock bottom, knowing that there's a higher power, a higher good that you can just relax and let con- let take control as long as you're kind of, you know, going along with it. I feel like that is a big, big thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's why this is why I get a little bit woo-woo because I feel like without that, without that knowledge and without that faith that there's everything is happening as it should happen. I feel like there's always going to be something missing. And that's easy to look at. That's easy to recognize in hindsight, right? Because if I think back to, um, you know, rock bottom or you know, moments in my life where I felt like it's been rock bottom and I look at what's happened after that, mm. it, it, it's been huge. It's been a transformation, it's just a transformative experience in my life. And I look think back and I think if that hadn't happened, then maybe I wouldn't have yeah, been. Yeah. I wouldn't be sat here today, right? For example, so I hundred percent think there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of posit- there's a lot of truth in what you said, and and I believe it because I've experienced it, you know, mm. in, in myself. But in the moment, it's hard. Oh, God. If you're if you're experiencing rock bottom right now, if things are just shit. It's hard it's to think. Really hard. It's hard to think. It's hard to turn around and say, "Well, this is the best thing that's ever happened." But to that's me. when prayers come in, right? And right. the prayers, some of the, the, the spiritual prayers come. Like, for example, I'm willing to see this differently. That's mm. huge. Like one of my favourite spiritual leaders, Gabby Bernstein, says that's one of her prayers. I don't know where it comes from. A course in miracles, probably. I'm willing to see this differently. So when you're literally there and you feel like absolutely like nothing, you don't have to think I'm okay. Just I'm willing to see this differently. And then something will come up from inside you or maybe someone will call you out of the blue or you'll see something that instantly lifts your spirits. It's that openness and that willingness to see something differently or to feel better or to let in some help or something. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Mm. We're going really deep with the woo-woo now. Really yeah, I really I feel like this isn't deep with the woo-woo. I feel like when I went off about peacocks, that's too much. Yeah, that's what I mean. This is, this <laughs> that's is, too much. I'm going to get you into it, honestly. You uh, wait until I tell you about Abraham Hicks. <laughs> some mad crap. I want to talk about, um, he says like an hour and a half later, but um, uh, <laughs> you just made a big life decision. What was that? I make them all the time, Sanjay. Well, you, you've just done something, when you kind of briefly mentioned earlier, we've done something which a lot of people want to do but are really scared of doing. What? You quit your job. Oh, God, yeah, I just quit my job. So tell us about that. Wow. So in all honesty, I only took the job on because now I'm a Pilates instructor and I have been when, you know, I used to work in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 
trained to do Pilates because I knew that I wouldn't be able to sustain the the role that I was in and have a child. Yeah, I wanted to be kind of hands on mum. I didn't want to put you know not look after the kid and do childcare like that's absolutely everybody's choice but for me I was like I wanted to be at home so I trained to do Pilates and I was really really successful and the pandemic hit I split up with my husband and then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden I've got a mortgage on a four-bedroom house and all of these costs and I was like wow I, I did well for a while and then I was like no the beginning of this year I was like okay let me just go and get a proper job just to take the pressure off. So I went and got a proper job. That's obviously a steady income. It was the pandemic's fault, yeah. Mm. I'm just going to blame COVID for that. Because it was, because Pilates, 70% of my business just dropped off overnight Mm. because not everybody wanted to do online Pilates. And I did get some people, but ultimately it was very different. And it's been going on for a while now because people have been fearful of coming back. And like now, finally, I feel like we're kind of getting to the stage of um, people coming back to normal. We could talk a whole nother subject on that as well. Um, but yeah, so I got a job in January just to kind of take the pressure off. And I've, I'm one that throws myself into absolutely everything. So I was like, oh, well, maybe I can. Maybe I could be back in business. Maybe there's something here. Maybe I can go. Do you know what I mean? I really throw myself into everything and give everything my best. But it just didn't work out because of the, the, the people that I was working with. And it just didn't. It just wasn't a vibe. And in the end, it was literally taking my energy. And I was like, I can't. Mm. I just can't be here. But what? a fearful thing to quit your job I spoke to my friend Angela who we spoke about earlier and I was like I know she's the one to speak to because me and her have always just been fuck it we'll be okay Mm. and genuinely we have I'm okay I'm not a millionaire yet but I've always been okay right and that's because my energy has always been I'm gonna be okay like whatever happens we'll be okay she was like of course just quit your job you'll be fine you'll hustle you'll make it work you're a Pilates instructor you'll do this you'll do that you'll be fine and so I was like yeah see you later I quit I handed in my notes on the Monday and they said, oh, because you've only been here six months, you've only got to give five days notice and because you don't work Fridays, we'll see you later on the Thursday. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that just happened. So, yeah. So now what? So now I'm going full blown into, I've had these plans for a long time, but obviously, yeah. you know, now I'm going. So from September, I'm adding new classes, over 50s slash beginners hit, um, Pilates classes. I want to do after school classes for kids, um, which I've, yeah, all about yoga and mindfulness and that sort of stuff. Um, and my coaching. So I'll do group coaching sessions and workshops. I'm recording with a very good friend of mine, a very, very good video editor, Sanjay. I'll be recording a, um, online courses and yeah, going around doing motivational speeches and talking about this sort of stuff to the masses. Maybe not all of this sort of stuff. I don't know. We'll get there. Living the dream. But yeah, living the dream. And I mean, this is the fact that you have to have ultimate faith that what you're doing is right, right? Because I know that this, I know that I'm not supposed to be sitting in an office working for someone else doing that thing, right? I brought so much joy to the people that I will say that they loved me. And I just did a different vibe totally. I was just not serious there. I was all about spreading joy. I just went in every day and I saw the way, what people needed. They needed the joy. So I gave them the joy. I did my work, obviously, but that was, do you know what I mean? Things yeah, come yeah, in yeah. and I'm like, I'm, I'm happy. I learned a lot as well. The guy that I worked for introduced me to two incredible books. One was two, 20 Second Lean, Two Second Lean, I don't know, which is brilliant. It's all about lean manufacturing, but the principles are really good about making everything slightly more efficient. And Atomic Habits, which you've read too, right? Love it. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, done a whole podcast on it as well. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, it's a f- f- fantastic book. Yeah, um, so those two books, again, was just, everything happens for a reason, right? Yep. Had I not have gone and worked in that, would I have learned about these books? Maybe not. They've changed again, just given me another layer to add into my own um, work and stuff like that. So yep. basically, yeah, it was all good. So amazing. now the next step, 
Amazing. After the summer, obviously, so I'm looking after my kids. It all worked out really well because the kids, I didn't have any childcare over the summer. There you go. The kids broke up on the Friday. I finished my job on the Thursday. It kind of all worked out well. Amazing. So, yeah, here I am hustling, back to hustling. But I have ultimate faith that, you know, everything will work out. I've had to do a lot of work on now. This is my money mindset is doing a lot of work on, right? The fear that people have around finances and stuff like that, mm. which is huge for absolutely everyone. And I'm reading this amazing book called Richard's Fuck, which is absolutely brilliant. And um, listening to the audio book, actually. And she just tells you how to get rid of those fear based financial things like money is energy. There's energy. Money is energy and it's flowing absolutely everywhere. Why not you? Mm. Why not? It's not selfish to want money, right, for what we do. If anything, the work that we do should be the work that's the highest paid because we're putting good out into the world and we're, you know, spreading good intentions and joy and better mental health to the masses. So why not you? Yeah. Why is the money not flowing to you? There's no reason. It's just your own energy that you're putting out there. It's all about energy. I love it. I love it. Energy. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. I think we need more of it. I think the, the world needs more of people who are doing this and people, people, you know, People that other people can relate to as well, you know, like people that see you, people on the school run and, you know, the, the, the everyday, like you said, you go into the, when you went into that office and you saw that people needed the joy. I mean, I'm that, every and I was just being authentically myself. And this is the other thing that I've learned over the past six months or so is that actually when I am 100 percent authentically my best self and not caring about whether people think that I'm a bit mad, that's when my best work comes. That's when I'm having fun. That's when everyone else vibrates towards me and is like, oh, my God, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's just about that being your best self and living your best life I know that's a cliche and people probably go Whoa. but genuinely it is it's about I think for me the biggest the biggest turn turning point has come from when I stopped giving a shit what people thought about yeah, me uh, honestly point. that for me has been the biggest freeing thing that I've done because like you said now when I sit down to record or sit down to record do a video or, or, or a coaching session whatever it is I'm me. Yeah. Right? I'm me. I'm unashamed, unashamed. I can't speak today. Yeah. Unashamedly me. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And if someone doesn't like it, I'm not, once upon a time, I would have been like, F off. Yeah. Now I'm like, it's cool. It's okay. That is cool. It's okay. Because it's, it's on them, not on you, right? If someone it's doesn't like you, that's because yeah. of whatever vibe they've got going yeah. on. It's nothing that's, to do with and you. I'm completely okay with yeah. that. But that takes work as well, right? That especially takes a lot for of work. especially for some people. Again, I'm very big on the personality types and I don't think that everyone has the same struggles. I don't think that a lot of people even think this way. They're like, What do you, why would you care? But it does. No. If you're this per way inclined it would have haunted us our whole lives and it takes effort to actually get to that place yeah. where you're like no do you know what it doesn't matter yeah and talking about breaking free from work and all those things i i, I completely think what you just said is true that for some people that is the way right that is what they're meant to do that's yeah yeah absolutely they're they're aligned to that their energy is aligned to that and they're happy like you said they're like what do you mean like everything's mm. fine it's okay fine great but i believe that many many people are not. I think they need to break free. And I, think I agree. I feel like there are, and these are the people that are going to vibrate towards people like us for help and for guidance, is the people that are sitting there going, there must be more to life than this. There must be better. It can't. There must be more. Something's not right. They don't feel, it's like when you feel not completely in alignment with who you really are, like the outside of you, your actions, your behaviours, everything that you're doing and thinking, it doesn't feel right. You feel not right because you're not aligned with who you actually really are. And it's about finding out who that person is inside and then living in alignment with it. I used to come home from work 
I just think, oh, thank God I don't have to be that person anymore. Mm. Literally, that's what I would think. I'd be yeah. like, oh, it's exhausting being the guy at work who's got to be this yeah. sales guy, this, 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 you know, manager, whatever. You know, it's like, oh, it was exhausting. Do you think it's harder for men versus women as well? Because obviously I can't get into the mindset of a man, but I feel like men probably struggle a bit more with the whole ego thing. Is that a so, thing where you, is it? I don't know. I, I can only speak from experience. I know, yeah, but. When I, when I, and for me, you know, I went into that environment in a in a in the city environment when I was 15, 16, 16. I mm. think I, I started working in the city. And yeah, again, I was already a people pleaser because of 16 mm -hmm. years of becoming a people pleaser can get, get good practice. And then you yeah. go into that environment and it is, it's like, well, what's everyone else doing? Yeah. Well, everyone's going for a pint. Oh, I don't think you should drink pints. You should drink you know, whiskey right? <laughs> as, as, as a teenager. Um Oh, everyone starts drinking pints. So you start, you go to the pub after work, you start drinking pints. Like, oh, everyone, you, know, the, you start copying and doing what the people around you are doing because of the ego, because of the expectation, because of, hey, this is what we do. And why are you not doing it? You know, are you being a pussy or, or you know, all of these things? And I don't, I, I'm not saying that's not there for women, right? I don't know. Because again, I can't step yeah, into the peer mindset. Pressure, maybe. I can't step into the mindset of women. But I certainly think for, for as, a, as a man growing up, that was a big, big factor. And I was doing things in order to get the approval of peers. In but also, to... do you think like the the male thing is like, because they, I don't know whether biologi biologically there's a difference between like hunter and gatherer type mentality. So actually men feel like they need to be big and strong. And do you know what I mean? The, the yeah. ones in control or the rulers, like do you think that has a lot to play with it as well? Probably. That's probably definitely stemmed in our, our, our DNA and, mm. you know, our, um, our evolution. Um, but I also think that a lot of that is just, I don't think people are consciously like that. I think that's just a lot of that's like the environment. When you look at other male figures in the world, you look at, especially now, it's very easy to, 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 to with so many influences. And you see people behaving like that. You see the alpha male, right? Yeah. The typical alpha male. And, and you see that behaviors. And I think, oh, that's what, I, when I hear the word alpha male or the phrase alpha male, it makes me feel like. And I don't know if this is true or not. Certainly, I don't think it's true. But it makes me feel like this is what a male should be. Yeah. Right? This the is alpha, what we're supposed to this be is, like. This is the ultimate yeah. male character is the alpha. So yeah. when you watch, I watch a lot of nature documentaries, like you see the alpha in, in the animal. Big lion with yeah, his the, big chest. The lion and... or the monkey or the gorilla who's the alpha. And like they rule. It's like... Is that so? Is that what we're, I'm supposed to aspire to? Am I supposed to be the alpha male? Right. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because actually, in bio biology, that's probably what men are, because it's all to do with fending off the women and getting the best, and with yeah, no, procreation. It's survival. Procreation. I made that word. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. It's survival. But in, actually, in order to survive, I've got to be the top yeah. dog. Yeah. Right. So in the animal world, that's true. So why would it not be true in the human world, well, which yeah. probably was true at once upon a time, like you said. So yes, I do think there's a, there's a little bit of that, and I think. We see it around in, in do you culture. Do think that puts more pressure on men as well? I think it does. Yeah. I think it does. But I, I think there's equally, there's probably equal, if not greater pressures for females and women mm. growing up as well. You know, you look at body image and, mm. um, you know, sexuality and all of these things, what, what, your, what, your, what your role is in life, all of these things. I think there's a lot of pressure on women as well to break, you know, talking about stereotypes things to break free from the stereotypes for what women should be yeah you know, and we're just sitting here after the women have just won the euros which is fantastic and we've seen we've seen the, the big knock-on effect that's already having on, on 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 the world but i think i think it's difficult for everyone Look, i don't think yeah, yeah. i don't think nothing, none of this none of this stuff is easy um i think men women children you know we all have it tough i think it comes back down to awareness it comes back down yeah, to absolutely. just you know 
what do you what do you really want how can you how can you manifest or how can you get what and you... finding the right person as you said earlier you used to go to work and then come home and be like thank god i don't have to be that person yeah. anymore but it's about that's what i want to empower my children to find out who they are early on enough that they can then be that person and be that person with confidence because that's who I am now. But it's taken me 41 years and a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work mm. to find out, oh, this is who I am and I'm really happy with who I am mm. and this is who I'm going to be confidently. And I think that's where the problems come from when we're smaller is that you're not quite sure who, or you are, you know who you are when you're small, but the amount of stuff we get told, don't do that, don't act like that, so don't think like that, it. don't be like that, don't be like that. Then we start to lose our own identity and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to get back agreed that's exactly what happens yeah that's exactly what happens is that you are influenced and you are i i you you kind of corrected what you said then i was going to correct, correct it as well i think you're right i think everyone does know who they are yeah absolutely I think we, when they're younger when, yeah you when, are you're born knowing who you are you right know, and then everything that happens after that is taking you, you know, further away from who you yeah, are you know and you what, need to get back there you know what you want to do you know how you're going to react you, you whatever whatever it is but you're right it's conditioning it's yes conditioning. no that's not right or this is how you should do things or this isn't you know i've become so conscious of me being like that as a parent because my parents were like that mm. right? my parents were and i'm not this is not a blame game i'm not i've said this no, many no. times in the podcast but they were don't again the history hinduism right no this is the way of the world this is how we do things and we don't eat meat and and but there wasn't the explanations given as to why so this is the way they are yeah. this is this these are the rules this is how we do things and you do get conditioned you know you mm. do start thinking a certain way you do think oh well maybe i shouldn't do that and i remember my dad telling me um very very early on very early on i remember saying sanjay you will never be accepted by them <gasps> and by them he means white people wow he said you will never be accepted by them so what is that child going to go out into the world thinking, thinking well, that you're different, thinking that you don't I, belong, I'm thinking that I don't that... belong. I'm never going to be accepted by yeah. by everyone. So I tried to I tried to prove him wrong. Right. That was a big mistake. Because mm. then I, you were trying to fit in and trying to do people, things with. I try to people please. Yeah. Mm. Hey, look, they are accepting me. Look, I have been invited to this person's house. I am. I have got white friends. I have got yeah. black friends. I have, you know, I do. I do go to McDonald's. Hey, guess what, Dad? I'm eating chicken now. And you're a vegetarian, yeah. right? You know. <laughs> Hey, yeah. I am. So it, that oh, it, that made me want to prove or yeah, made me want to people please more. But like I said, going back to what I said earlier, I wasn't trying to people please at home. I didn't care what they thought of me at home. Yeah. Right? And this is, I, I, I look back and think this is wrong on my part and I wish I'd thought differently, but it's okay. I'm, I'm here for a reason. I, everything happened for a reason. But I didn't really care how they thought of me at home because I cared more about what people thought outside because I was told you would never fit in. Yeah, that's big. And actually, that is quite a huge thing. Oh, the baby. There's Kai. But there's other things that are not so big as you will never be accepted by them that we do put into our children of that course. we don't know how it's affecting them and how it's affecting their outlook on the world, right? Of course. 100%. Of course. And yesterday was, again, I was aware of it. Me rushing around, yeah, London, effing and blind, on my breath with Lillian next to me, you know, and I was conscious of it. You know, these all these little experiences are what builds their picture of yeah, the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm so conscious of that with Kai now. I'm just, I said to you earlier, I, one thing I've really, really enjoyed this time around is just slowing down, being present, and not trying to get, make sure my energy is that, because uh, I do believe that they can, they vibe oh, off God, their energy. absolutely. And I just, was just making sure my energy is that, yeah. uh, is that, is, is that a place that, I'm happy with. Yeah, right? yeah. I think it's like you said, it's like coming home from work, I knew 
I wasn't happy with what I had just done, right? Mm. Well, who I had just been. Now it's just like, you know, I want to make sure that I'm in a, in a, in a space where I'm really happy and I'm okay. Mm. Look, I've got issues, right? Everyone's got issues, mm. right? I'm not saying there's nothing there that's not wrong, but... But then you'll work on it. And I'm working on it and I'm working on it. And that's why I'm... I think meditation is good, isn't it? It's because it's 100%. taking that gap. So when you're in a, you know, I sat and did a little bit of breathing in the car because when I was talking to a certain person, you get in that space and it's like you want to completely clear the slate, yeah. right? And put your energy back to where, and that's why I think meditation is so good because it almost like resets your energy, doesn't it? It does. And it's like, then you're like, right, yeah. let me take exactly what comes in front of me now is just that thing and not a barrage of everything else that's happened in that day yeah. and that comes back to when I sh sh shout at my kids I'm so aware that actually the reason I'm shouting at them is not exactly what if you took everything out and just put yourself in that moment with nothing else it would you wouldn't that wouldn't make you half as angry as you mm. are right now because you're not looking at that thing as it is in that moment you're looking at it with all of this other experience yes. and knowledge and yeah. crap that you've got in your head and and I now I'm telling myself that my children are a way for me to be present yes. and to be happy. To look because, through the eyes of the child, right? Once upon a time, and you know, I, we, we kind of talked talk about this before we started recording, didn't we? In that when Lily was born and she would cry in the middle of the night, it'd be like, oh, fuck's sake. Mm. Okay, here we go. And then you're already starting off that. Yeah, absolutely. That moment in a negative, in a negative energy. Mm -hmm. And it would be, it's a problem. I've got to get up and deal with the problem, right? Whereas now with Kai... I'm just like, it's okay. Mm. What can I do? I just and again, just be there, but just be there with him. When I'm just sitting with it, with with him, you know, I'd be sitting with Lily, and it'd be like, I'm doing something else, but you're also just here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hold. Yeah, I'll hold you, but I'm doing something yeah. else now. If Anisha says, "Can you just hold Kai for a moment?" I will literally stop everything I'm doing. Yeah, I will take him, and I'll just sit, and I'll just watch him. Yeah, and. That's honestly, that's that's the slowing down we talked about. Mm. And I don't do anything but just be present. And it is so much different. I know. Right. I actually, like I said, I've I'm trying to associate holding Kai with feeling calm. Yeah. And so far it's working. Every and even if he's not calm, you will then I yeah. I'm still it's okay. I'm not I'm not oh no, he's not he's not calm. I'm not getting that anxiety because I'm aware I'm like, it's okay. I think a lot of parents, like I especially 100% relate to this because when I had Ernie, I was very much the same. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents can probably relate because actually, it you know, you're a different person than anyone. And obviously, we've both worked a lot on our own mental health. But even just the fact that you're a person and then all of a sudden you're a parent mm. and there's not really no one like teaches you how to become from doing everything that you think that you should be doing and then all of a sudden you have to stop what you're doing and make this child a priority because there is a little bit of resentment there not resentment as in towards the child but resentment exactly what you say like oh now I've got to stop what I'm doing and deal with this crying baby right yeah and ultimately yeah, it makes us feel horrible as parents but I feel like everyone could well, not everyone but I feel like a lot of people could relate to that it come back to when I, like I said, I've been doing a lot of reading on evolutionary biology. What's my role in life? Yeah. My role in life is to look after that child. Mm. That's it. Exactly. Right. To protect my family. Mm. If you want to look at it from a proper evolutionary yeah, from, perspective, yeah. right? That's all I'm here to do. So when that child needs me, 
That's my job. Yeah, that's what so I'm here for. True. That's my purpose. But that's why, though, because that's not our sole purpose anymore. And I think that's what becomes so hard yes. for men and for women, yes. but maybe especially for, for women, is because now our sole job was supposed to be to raise a child. Mm. But now our job is to raise a child, to look after a home, to have a husband, to have difficult relationships with people, to be distracted by social media, to have a job, to have a side hustle, to have all of these different things. And I think that back in the day, I'm not making excuses, but back in the day, in the cave days yeah, yeah, yeah. that was our job was to look after the that's baby so ultimately that's all we had to do but now we have to do a million trillion other things and be pressured by so many different people so the role of a parent becomes almost like a side activity and as something that kind of is is distracting you from what you feel like you should be doing earning money or keeping everything going or do you know what i mean information so overload. hard absolutely information, information over overload information overload yeah. i remember when we went on holiday um it was here. It was, we went glamping a couple of years ago with Lily and we had no phone reception, no, no Wi-Fi, no internet. And we, you know, had to build a fire every night. We were cooking on the barbecue every night. When I was, when I was there, I literally was, well, it wasn't like playing out some sort of caveman fantasy in my head, but it was just like, all I've got to do yeah. is make sure that we've got warmth at nighttime. I've got to make sure we've got food and I've got to make sure Lily's safe and happy and having fun. Yeah. And when, when you put yourself into that mindset, for me, anyway, it just made things so much easier. And and Absolutely. I think when if we can just, again, it's awareness, if I can just, that having that awareness. And like, again, yesterday, what was my purpose? I just need to have a good time, enjoy my time with Lily. Right? This summer holidays. This is the first summer holidays. We're not sending her to camps every other week, right? We'd send her to camps all the time. And part of that is because we both, Manisha and I said, no, we want to spend more time with her. We want to be more present with her. And I want to associate having fun with being with my kids. Yeah. Right? And I remember this from when I was working and in, in before I was married or had kids, and there was there were some people who would be like, out the door, get, I can't wait to go home to see my kids. Mm. And there'll be other people who'd stay late mm. because they didn't want to go home to be with their kids. Because it's hard to change, isn't it? And it I is. think that's why awareness is thing. But one minute, so like you, you go to work, yeah. We all work, we all hustle. One minute you're at work doing one thing, and then before you know it, you're then having to be a mum or a dad or a parent. But the transition in between that and that was none, especially now that we're working from right. home, right? right? So it's about you haven't actually given yourself time to get out of the mindset of a worker yes. and into the mindset of a parent. And that's what I think. And same when you go to work then, you haven't given yourself time to be out of the mindset of a parent and into the mindset of a worker. Or when you're with your friends, you, you know what I mean? The mindset that you bring to that very thing that you're doing has absolutely everything to do with the way that you're going to react in that situation. I'm looking up there. Is there a book called Energize up there? Yeah, yeah, Energize. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, and in that book, this is exactly what he talked. You mentioned the word transition. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about transitions, and he says with every th and Simon Alexander Ong, I'm talking about. Um, uh, and he says that every tra every time you're transitioning mm -hmm. from, like you, you said one role. Yeah. But he talks about even if you're transitioning from, you know. Um, having breakfast to come in, starting your, yeah, starting yeah, exactly. your work in your office. You need that transition. You so absolutely it could be do. 10 deep breaths. It could be saying a prayer, saying a prayer. It could be doing a stretch for me. Yeah. It's, for me, stretching recently, I just, my yoga mat's not here at the moment, but I normally have a yoga mat here. I'll come in here before I start work. I'll just do a pigeon pose you know, yeah. for a minute on each side. Right. And that's a, tra he talks about a little transition between yeah. things that you're so doing. So important. Because it helps to reset that energy. God, absolutely. Before I go into the gym in the garage, I'll be like, Again, I'll say to, I'll have my water, I'll do my stretches as warm up, and I'll be telling myself I'm an athlete. You know, I'll be yeah. just going through that transition because this is what I want to be God, and who I want to yes. be in the next stage of what I'm about to do. 
So give to. me some but space that's why to do it. The world is so quick. We're always running late for things. We're always going from one thing to the other. Let's all slow it down. Thing. Exactly. Let's do the transition. Let's stop. Let's stop before we go from one place to the other. Let's yeah. sit. Find a way of doing your own transition. Be it a prayer. Mine is probably going to be saying to the universe now, like let blah blah blah. blah. But, but yeah, but absolutely. It, but it could, be, it could something, be anything. But it could be something you're actually doing that you have to do. For example, right? I'll go back to parenting. When Lily was when I was changing nappies with Lily, not all the time, but often it'd be like, I'll be changing nappy thinking, and while I'm changing nappy, I'm right, what have I got to do next? I've got to get this, I've got to do that, I've got to wipe that down, I've got to warm up her milk. Right? I'm always thinking about the next thing. Yeah. And I'm trying to get this thing done. Yeah, while well, still thinking about the next thing that you've got to as do. As quick as I can so I can get onto the next bit. When I get onto the next thing, you're then thinking about I'm the thinking next about thing. I'm thinking about the next thing. I'm like, right, I need to get this done as quick mm. as I can because then I've got to go and do this. Well, actually when you just think all I've got to do is this thing. That's the in, in, that's in essence. That's mindfulness. Yeah, exactly mindfulness, that. That right? is in essence mindfulness is being bit. constantly present. aware, present what in the moment, now? non-judgmentally of what you're doing now. Right. And how often is it, honestly, it's hard. It's hard. It does get easier though. I will say that. You probably know this as well, is that when you start practicing mindfulness Absolutely. and it's a muscle, so when you're in it, it's easier, but then when you get out of it, it's just as easy to get back out of it. Yeah. But that is it. That is the key. Awareness is the key to absolutely everything. It's just, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Well, I'm exactly. washing I'm washing the dishes right now. Absolutely. So be all, there. All be I'm washing gonna the do, dishes. I'm going to wash the dishes as best as I can. Absolutely. I'm going to make sure I get every little... And when you actually think like that, right, and I and I'm, I, I turn into a almost like a little game. It's like, oh, let me see if I can, yeah. you know, and you think about what you're doing rather than, oh, I need to wash this and I've got to wipe the table down. Oh, okay. Look. You know, yes. It's a completely different oh my experience. God, yes, I forgot how important mindfulness is. Yes. You forget, don't you? You just forget yeah. because you're just in it. And and, yeah. and now I said I'll do it when I'm changing his nappy. Right? Yeah, I'll, you'll I'll, think. I'll just focus on changing the nappy. I'll doing, focus just, on what I'm doing in yeah. the moment. And if I'm holding him, I'm focusing on him. If I'm with all of these... It is. This it, is what I say to people that come to my Pilates classes. It's like, if I'm doing my job right, and if you're doing your job right as the people that are in the class, it's a an, an, an complete hour of mindfulness. Because you should not be... You're so fully focused on your breathing, on all of the moves, and I'll talk people through where you should be feeling it, what muscles are working. If you're so fo fully focused on that, that's an entire hour of... Like, you might as well be on holiday because you're only only thinking and focusing on that in the moment you're not thinking about what you've got to do after what happened last week speaking to a person on the phone you're not thinking about anything but what you're doing and that is entire mindfulness for that and it may it re-energizes you in an, an incredible way absolutely that's why people feel generally good after doing things like pilates yoga, exercise you know running whatever you want to call it because yeah okay, it is when, the endorphins but also it is, it is the fact that you're just there in that moment and your brain needs a break because oh god it's like constant it's exhausting the noise in the the mind is a constant exhaustion. It's a car engine, isn't it? It's, it's you, you accelerate. If you're gonna, if you're gonna just keep revving the engine of a car, it's constant. Uh, it's gonna break down. You're right. so good with the analogies. I aren't love you? analogies. You yeah, do. I you're do. really good. This is why I'm gonna start um, 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. live meditation on right. Instagram. Love it. Because for me, meditation is another way of transitioning. Right? It's mm -hmm. just quiet in your mm -hmm. brain. And what I say to people, people are like, no, I can't meditate. No, my brain's too busy. And one of the easiest ways that I tell people how to do it is just to literally sit and just say to yourself, I'm breathing in. And as you breathe in, I'm breathing out. That's all you do. And then when your mind goes off and does things, you just say, I'm breathing in and I'm breathing out. And actually, it's just a way of just clearing your mind and being present in that moment. And like you say, mindfulness. And then it like sets you up because you're so rushing. People yeah. are always rushing. It's, a really it's not our fault. No, I agree. This is just you reminded me of something that I heard recently. Um, not recently, it was a while ago, actually. And it was 
It's really powerful. And I remind myself this all the time. And it is happiness is now. Yes. So true. So when you think, oh, if I, when I do that, I'll be happy. Oh, God, no. Oh, when this I get is a whole that, other thing, isn't when it? When I get it's to that, true. I'll be happy. Uh, if I just... If you've got your happiness hinged on a thing, then you're still in misery. Absolutely. If your happiness is hinged on a condition of something happening, someone doing something, someone loving you, you're still in misery. Whereas when you stop and you're mindful, and, you, and this is one of the things I do when I'm doing my mindful practice, I just think everything is now. There's nothing else. So true. This this moment is everything right now. There's there's nothing going on except right now. What can you feel right now? I can feel my heart beating. I can feel my breath. This is happiness, right? It's not chasing something else. And that honestly has made such an impact for me um, when I'm doing my meditation, when I'm doing anything, right? When I'm working out, it's like, what am I supposed to be doing? It's now. I'm... Yeah. This is this is it. This is you being an athlete. So true. It? This moment is all you have. This the past is, is gone. The future got. hasn't happened yet. It might not happen. This is it. it everything you have is right here. And when I think like that, when I'm doing whatever I'm doing, especially exercise for me, when I finish that, I'm in a completely different place. A completely different place. Mm. So everyone, happiness is now. That's all you need to know. It really is. And mindfulness and awareness is everything. You've really reminded me. My eyes have been opened more. <laughs> <laughs> you, to, you just need to record yourself and then listen to yourself pull that back no, a little right. bit more. That's oh, right. Right. yeah, I know. It's true. Because I think we I think we all have all the answers. I think, especially when oh, you're working on yourself and you're working. I think we, but we, the thing is, everyone has all everyone the answers. Knows. They do. If they were to slow down, they would. the answers would just come up. Yeah. They would. If, they, if you were to slow down in every moment, that's why I say a prayer to the universe, I'm willing to see this differently. If you say something like that and just slow down and then trust whatever comes up, instinctively, your body or your brain would tell you the next move to make that would make you feel better and if you were to ever just go step by step in those tiny little incremental movements then that's life me too, man. I love it. It's been like two hours. It's been two hours. We could probably go on for another three. <laughs> yeah, we probably we've, could. We've already spoke for another hour beforehand. Yeah, I know, we? exactly. Um, so I love it. And we didn't even touch on loads of stuff that we could talk about, I feel well, like. This is what I said to you. Let's set up a radio station where we can we play drum and bass, do, can... dance and talk. <laughs> we can. <laughs> we could do a regular one of these. I'm more, more than up for that. That'd be awesome. I'll do a regular one with, 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 with Anisha and I think just... I think that would be quite a cool little, yeah, it's just, again, just an idea of how. Well, you know me. I love to talk about this stuff. And doing it face-to-face is so much better. So yeah. So around the corner, so that makes your life easier. Yeah, so no, it's been fun. I loved it. Um, we wanted loved to do this for too. a while. Um, how can people find out what you're doing? Uh, Instagram, Lisa Giles underscore X. And I think you should have like a, a parental warning on your Instagram. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, how do I do that? No, I'm just joking. No, I just don't know. No, no. Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm, there. I'm not the, I'm, I'm working on it all, right? The social media. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're working on it. But yeah, that's all there. You can find the information. You can sign up to my amazing, tiny, but life changing wellbeing emails. There you go. So I, uh, Atomic Habits inspired me to do, you know, when you get emails and stuff like this, they're all very good, but there's a lot to read. And yeah, I'm not yeah, a really yeah. a big, you know, so I give you the tip. Yeah. I'll give a tip, then a habit then an experiment all on the same subject so so far I've done intentions and I've done uh, finding a quiet space which is kind of an introduction to meditation so you'll get a tip and then a habit and then an experiment and it'll be really quick like it will be this is the tip and then I'll put some stuff afterwards if you can be bothered to read it read it if you can't then don't that's that's my vibe I haven't checked it out yet I, w- I want to just tell you quickly and then let you get on with your day Another. but it's all about action you got awesome. to take action, right? It's all about action. So, yeah, thank you. It's been amazing. We could talk for hours. We probably will. Which we, we will, yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs>